Uh, you know, like because you don't want to miss any gems. I mean, I don't want to miss <laughs> any gems. Exactly, we cannot <laughs> miss any gems. Uh, this is <laughs> this is like, you know, raw raw stuff is great. <laughs> oh, <geez. laughs> well, there goes the coffee. There goes the coffee. We're literally 30 seconds into this and this is going to be maybe the best interview we've ever yeah. had. This is going to be a lot of fun. <laughs> Welcome to this week's episode of Insects for Dummies, where we talk about all things six-legged. Today, we have a special interview with the Bug Chicks. And if you don't know who they are, don't worry. You're about to find out. Who is this podcast for? Tell me everything about this podcast. Talk to us about Insects for Dummies. I don't know. (laughs) I don't know. I come into meetings and I'm like, I'm just going to wing it and see how it goes. But like, yeah, yeah. What? No, absolutely. <laughs> what? Tell us about Insects for Dummies because this is this is exciting. Okay, cool. Yeah. Um. So Insects for Dummies is a podcast that I decided to start doing purely because right now I'm not using my master's in entomology. Um, and I was like, okay, I really like doing recording stuff, right? Um, I've been a recording artist for a long time, but the music industry is very, um, cutthroat and crazy and podcasting is way more chill. Um, so I thought, you know what? I really want to start my own podcast and focus it on something that I actually have years of experience with, like doing research and all this other stuff. And so Insects for Dummies is for everyone and anyone, like any anyone that is interested in arthropods or insects and maybe is coming from a background where they're curious, because I feel like at this point in time, we have so many people around the world that are kind of, I don't know, they're getting more interested, I think, in insects and arthropods, especially now that they're becoming like a food source. I mean, they've always been a food source, but now we're kind of looking at things more um, like in terms of like economical, right? Like we're trying Mm -hmm. to, we're trying to make things better for the earth. Cause I mean, uh, all the natural disasters is kind of like, okay, like we can't really, you know, hide the fact that, we are just, you know, this is, this we're is a time. We're in trouble. We, yeah, we, this is we're a time bomb, trouble. and we have to defuse it. And how are and we going to defuse bugs it? bugs are going to save us, or at least bugs are part of the equation. Yeah, bugs are totally part of the equation, and they're going to be here long after everything else is gone, probably. So it's just like, you know, I yeah. mean, just look at roaches. They're unstoppable force. Yeah. Um, yeah. yeah, so how's Japan? For the like, you know, so, Japan is like known for its bug it's culture, like right? Are you bug. totally yeah. nerding out there? Oh yeah. God. So it's awesome because yeah, Japan has a totally different mindset, right? Like in the U.S., everybody has kind of like this negative view on insects for reasons I'm not really sure. Um, I always thought they were super cool and interesting, and I never kind of grew out of that. Um, and that's why I pursued the masters and was working in Hawaii doing research and for the department of ag and all that kind of stuff. Um, 
But yeah, no, Japan is great because openly liking insects is not something to be ashamed of or not something that like people are kind of like, ooh, what? That's weird. Why? Like you have dads who have framed insects in their houses, you know, girls and boys, they're out there with their nets, like collecting everything because I love like that. <laughs> and even when I was working in Hawaii, uh, the Japanese tourists that would come, I worked in an insect museum. And uh, so they would come and I would show them <laughs> that that's the dog. <laughs> Can you hear him? You have a very sensitive microphone. I love it. I love it. Yeah, that's yeah, a, yeah. Yes. I love so it. listen, if you hear snarfling, it's not me or Jessica. It's my dog, Mackerel. His name is Mackerel, like the fish, and because he looks like an old fisherman's dog, like a and black actually, and white photo of a And just so dog. it's on video in case there's any doubt. I mean, any doubt. There, oh, okay. Yeah, so yeah. so if people oh, yeah. if people listen to the podcast <laughs> and are like, sure, <laughs> that's not them sure, making sure. noise. You could be no, like, just yeah, kidding, here's a screenshot. <laughs> here it is. Yeah, no, totally. Yeah. totally. Sorry about that. He's um, No, I'm trying no to, worries. I'm trying to like surreptitiously feed him treats with my hand as he's like licking and gnawing <laughs> on my fingers to yeah. get She's looking for something. Yeah, it's an old podcast trick. Not a big deal. <laughs> Not a big deal. No, no. Um, but yeah, so it's been it's really been really cool over here. Um, what are you doing in Japan besides okay. this awesome podcast? Right. So... And how do we come join you and make some videos? Yeah, <laughs> oh, nerd out, bug nerd out together. Yeah, that would be super cool. Yeah, um, so I am currently teaching English. Um, awesome. Yes. Yeah, so I'm doing that. And I'm currently in the jet program, which is kind of like the program that most people, a lot of people try to get into or like get into to just kind of open the door to living in Japan, because getting into Japan, it, this is kind of like the best way to get into Japan, right? If you're from a an, an Western country, it's like, okay, go with one of these programs and jet is the most reputable. And so you just go over and you just kind of teach English and that's how you get your foot in the door to this country essentially. Um, but so, I do kind of like, I, I have really enjoyed teaching in general. i did a lot of like teaching in Hawaii. Um, and I also did teaching in Vermont, which is where I'm actually from. Oh, nice. Um, yeah. And so it's been cool. Yeah. That's awesome. And so you, so you wanted to go live in Japan, like that was, I did. Yes. and Jet was the way that you, Jet was your vehicle. Yeah, when you, when you say yeah. foot in the door, you mean for residency? Yeah, like just, uh, yeah, it was, it was a way for me to be able to like actually live here and get a visa to work and, and just kind of do my thing. Because I had visited Japan uh, right after I graduated undergrad hmm. in um, 20, what was it? 2016 um i came here and i loved it i was like this is really cool like i had a fantastic time and then i always kind of thought like okay like i always kind of it wasn't enough visiting wasn't mm -hmm. enough i wanted yeah. to try and, and and do something else i hear um, that i understand so, that yeah, yeah. <laughs> so that's kind of how this happened and in hawaii around the time that covid was starting to set in um, the funding for the project that I was on kind of got cut. Like it was, mm -hmm. it was the end of the rope. And I was like, okay, so this is the perfect time for me to kind of just grab all my things 
go back to VT and hang out there until I can get into Japan because yeah. I had been going through the interview process and everything was looking pretty much green lighted for the most part. Um, and I just thought, okay, this is the time. Like this is the time for me mm-hmm. to just jump ship from Hawaii, go back. And, and, but you finished while. your master's. You got did, to you yes. got to finish it out. That's I awesome. I did absolutely. Yeah, That's everything a started time, right after uh, I had like submit my thesis and everything. So oh. it was perfect. <laughs> yeah, it was, it was you perfect. Know, timing. Sometimes, <laughs> sometimes the universe gives you signs, and you have to jump on it. Yeah. Otherwise, they're going to yeah. be like missed. Missed it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, no, absolutely. And getting the, like, yeah, I mean, the masters, I mean, you guys know, you both have masters. Mm-hmm. So it was not easy. Um, <laughs> yeah, a lot of people talk about a little PTSD. The, yeah, a lot of, <laughs> no, seriously. I, the other day I was in a restaurant and I swear to God, this guy walks in and he looked like my, um, my, PI, my principal investigator, right. and I was like, "Shit, I'm gonna have PTSD now." <laughs> I think that's I think that's skipped over too. Like, you don't hear a lot about people talking about their master's degrees. You hear a lot about people talking about their PhD programs and their yes. dissertations. Yes, absolutely. But you, you you know people sort of skip over or glaze over the masters as like a baby right. advanced degree. Yeah, totally. But, but it can be, first of all, it's, it, it is a terminal degree for a lot of people. Yes. And, yes, absolutely. And I, I, you know, whenever I'm working with students or, or talking to graduate students or, or doing any of this, you'll, you'll hear students go, oh, just a master's. And I go, you more you stop that language right now. <laughs> Triggered. Yeah, you, you have to, you have to, I, I hate the word just. It's a real yeah, minimizing no, absolutely. word. Absolutely. It's a minimizing it, word. And people don't understand every master's course is different, right? Depending on like what yeah. it is you're going into. So a master's in research is very, very different from a master's in something that's more structured, where they give you like more classes and you're kind Mm -hmm. of like, okay, this is undergrad 2.0 versus master's. It's like, hey, you have to figure out what you're going to do. Right. And you got to make it work within this finite time period. And especially when you're working with insects and nature, none of that stuff is willingly going to do what you want it to do. Yeah. right <laughs> there's yeah, like a bunch truth. of problems all the time and you're like okay you solve one problem and then you have this other big problem and you're like oh my god this is the end what? we're we're done like <laughs> just what yeah. what am i supposed to do now yeah and that actually happened to a friend of ours um their master's program was completely derailed by a hurricane wiped out his mm. entire his yeah, entire no, study no, site totally. <laughs> and uh and then and, and he was what he was two years in at that yeah. point yeah and he was like yep. i'm done i can't i can't, can't do it do another yet. three no. years of this you know yeah i know so. absolutely that um so it's really funny because i was halfway through my program or what i thought i was like towards the end of my research and then i was kind of doing my um prop defense like i was kind of like okay like this is what it's going to look like And then um, I got into a situation where my advisor was like, oh, like, I thought you had been doing this other thing as well the entire time. Like, now you have to go redo all of this stuff with this new added element. And I was like, oh, my 
God. So I had to redo, you know. It's so interesting <laughs> now that you are teaching English and 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 like the communication, communication issues between um, PIs or or major professors and their students. No one's ever taught how to be first of all, a PI, like you get your PhD and then you get, you hopefully get a lab and then you have students. No one, there's no teaching yeah. about how to do that. No one gives you management no. classes. Exactly. No. No. And, no. and of course, no one gives you, no one gives you the the skills to do that as a, as a graduate student. A lot of graduate students go sort no. of right after their undergrad no, and totally undergrad not, is yep. such a different beast. And so a lot of the problems that I've heard about and with people with their programs is this massive communication gap where it's like oh yeah wait i'm sorry what are you talking about yeah i mean i had that when i was yep. publishing my first paper i was i was identifying um a new species of camel spider and i had right. this yes. i was identifying yep. the male because in arachnology it's it's all yep. male based because of the you know the mouth parts yep. and, and so I was working on this one male I had, and I knew, I thought I had a female in the collection. I was like, I think this is the matching female, but I'm not going to write about this because no one also <laughs> teaches you how to do a species description until you no. do it. Yeah. yeah. There's I nothing, also, there's I nothing of that. one of those as well, actually. And it was My like, okay. My professor was like, why aren't you using the female? And I was like, I'm sorry. Where, where in the non-existent <laughs> manual does it say, yeah, absolutely. To, you know? So oh, yeah, me yeah. Too. I was doing a species description in undergrad for scale insects. Mm. And, uh, <laughs> oh God, I'm sorry. Right. Oh, I'm so sorry. You're so a hardcore bitch. My, res my respect for you just just launched into the stratosphere. It's like, how do you describe it? It's like, well, it's flat. <laughs> well, um, it's a blob. I mean, it's a blob. Yeah, it's a it's a blob. It doesn't like look like blob. much. Okay. Jeez. So. So this is the cool part, actually. I, I am going to slightly nerd out here because as boring as scale insects are on the outside, they're fascinating things on the inside. Mm. Um, and I always made a joke to my professor that I was like working in. I was like, you know, I don't know why somebody hasn't done this already, but you can literally just paint like the a, a species of scale insects like from the inside. Okay, let, I have to give you more context. So basically what happens, how do I descale insects, right? Because they're these like fat little blobs. Um, you have to put them in a mixture of like KOH, like potassium hydroxide, right? right? And then that kind of um, clears them. So they become really see-through. And then you have to push out all their like fatty lipids. So they're <laughs> flat. Yeah, you have to push out all that stuff. And then you put them in a dye. And the dye gets absorbed into all the tubes and all of the inner organs and stuff. And then you put that on a slide. And so you look at these things on a slide. And the only way to really identify these scale insects, aside from some of them which have these crazy bodies, is um, the sex organs. That's the only way figured out and they all kind of look slightly similar but also like different enough where i was joking like okay like i don't know why somebody hasn't made an art career out of this yeah like yeah, you well can just you can just literally paint 
a scale insect, right? You have all these species of scale insects. No one knows what it is. No one is going to have a clue as to what it is. And you just do them with different colors, like primary colors, whatever, anything. And that can just be your thing, you know, because I feel like in the art world, you have to have one thing be your thing. You just have to do it over and over and over again. In, in like different ways. I'm always then, thinking entrepreneurially. I'm like, how do we sell it? And then I'm like, how do we oh, sell yeah, Christmas ornaments to yeah, entomologists? Yeah. <laughs> I'm like, is yeah. a scale insect Christmas <laughs> ornament? Is that what we're doing you now? You could do that. Totally. I'm just saying, you if you want to go like... into business with us, we've got we've got our fingers in all the little pots of weirdness. <laughs> well, we love I, to do weird stuff like that. I am going to talk about this later because i mean you guys have just so much stuff going on which is super fascinating and it's really cool because there's yeah there's so much entrepreneur stuff going on um with you guys which i think is awesome and you really kind of have to do that right if you're in like a niche Mm. sort of thing and yeah another reason why i started this podcast was because i was kind of like looking around i was like hey like what other insect podcasts are there? And there's like barely anything. There's not um, that many. There's a couple of good ones. Arthropodcast. Yeah, who's, I know that one. Yeah. Who's the dude that we love? We've been on it a couple of times. Might be Arthropodcast. Um, um, there's like a few. Bio. Big- with Morgan? No, they don't do that they anymore. Do that it was anymore. a grad student thing. Yeah. Well, anyway, you're right. There's not that many. And um, I mean, there's podcasts that cover entomology. Sure. But yeah. there's not podcasts that are like, there's not a huge amount that are specifically about like this like niche thing, right? Right. right. And I was like, okay, like this, this seems like a good opportunity um, to kind of like get my foot in and mm-hmm. sort of do this because I love recording stuff. And I was like, why not? And then I can put like chill lo fi beats. And maybe like when I start producing uh-huh. more like lo fi stuff, I can add that into the background while I'm talking about all this crazy stuff that people are like what's happening i don't know and they can just kind of (laughs) yeah and you'll never you're never gonna run out of uh like content either you'll never run out of ideas because it's like the world is endless here the fact that you just dropped chill lo-fi beats into insects for dummies makes me a very happy and b it tells the audience (laughs) that that's the kind of music that you make and i'm sure that you will put somewhere um where people can go and listen to your music yeah absolutely absolutely um definitely so my my hope is that like as the podcast grows um I will be able to kind of like get people to also check out some of the other things that I'm creating. Cause I yeah. am an artist and like, this is, I, I love creating things not for myself, but for other people to like check out and appreciate and things like that. I mean, yeah. cause that's the whole point of creating, right? You, I mean, sure. You have people that do it for themselves because they, they just can't, they're like, they got that genius brain where they're like, I have to do this. And if I don't do this, I'm going to like explode or something like that. But then you have like, you know, um, but yeah, I feel like art for the most part is made for others um, yeah. to appreciate and, and check out. So. Absolutely. Yeah. Wouldn't it be nice if artists were viewed that way by people who were not artists instead of, <laughs> you know, them being like the whole, the whole we'll get a real job 
Get kind a real of, job. You know what I mean? Oh, That's what's like, a but real you enjoy job? my art. Oh my god! <laughs> you know, yeah. I, I have to say, I think YouTube Shorts and TikTok is 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 really doing right by people who make things. They're they're able to yeah. show the amount mm. of time and work and craftsmanship that goes into some of these things mm-hmm. and um i i think that that's that's becoming a bit of an equalizer i mean that doesn't mean that people have money to pay for it but it, right. it is nice to know that people understand right. that it takes a long time <laughs> right yes yeah totally um the shorts and the other thing too is that i feel like the attention spans of just people in general just keep shrinking which is why all these yeah. shorts things have just kind of been blowing up because people don't know how to focus on one Mm -hmm. thing for for too long and i'm also at fault for this i mean i'm an add guy i've had add my entire life like you sit in a room and i cannot for the life of me like sit and absorb information auditorily um if it's flat like melodies melodies and things like that i can get like instantly and it, it can hook me and stuff like that but if somebody's just speaking to me in a in a very like flat tone you're gonna lose me within like five minutes and i'm yeah. just gonna be sitting there like all right cool yep mm-hmm. <laughs> like, it's like and and yet when you it's so interesting i i understand this concept of of um, shortening of attention spans, but I also understand after so many years of teaching that, like you said, if there is is variety in what I'm going to call uh, vibrance in the delivery, yes, yes. vibrance. Um, is perfect. We have had we 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 used to do so. We have taught in just about every place you can <laughs> every imagine. conceivable location every kind of location situation. which is super cool and again another thing i want to talk to you guys it's, about it's like, intense and we really you know there's that there's that thing about outliers like doing your ten thousand hours like we've done yeah. our ten thousand hours and oh, one absolutely. of the things that we learned early on is we used to get hired to do a lot of preschools and they would go, oh, can you just come in? And that what they're trying to hire you for is just show and tell. But Jessica and I don't do show and tell. That's like not in our wheelhouse. We, we don't actually know how to do it. I don't want to do it, honestly. Really? I know how to do it, and I don't want to do it. And I'm actually very anti-show and tell. <laughs> anti-show um, and tell. It makes my blood boil. So um, <laughs> I feel okay. strongly about it. And so, yes, uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. so we would have preschool teachers say, oh, well, our kids can't sit still for, for, for longer than 15 minutes. And I would right. say, we do an hour-long presentation, and I promise you mm. – these yep. children will be, they will want us to stay for the whole day. And I'm like, just give us a chance. And I'm like, yeah. pay us for the 15 minutes. That's fine. But you sure, watch. Whatever, but yeah, and exactly. we would go in and we would do full, and the people would be like, oh my Lord. Yeah. Like, they How sat, do you they, do they, that? Did it? And like, part of it is redirecting energy. Part of it is yeah. being able to read when, when kids or a kid needs something slightly different part of it is you gotta read the room yeah you gotta read the room and i come from a theater background so i think that really really helped me to understand how like 
I can tell when the energy in, and I'm going to call it like in quotes, an audience, whether it's a classroom or yep. a speaking engagement, I can, I can tell when the energy is going in the direction I want it to. And, oh, when, same. It's, and when I'm losing same. it, like, and you when can it's just tell. spiraling, you can tell when you're just you losing it, you're flatlining. And, and you're you, like... you have to be able to be sort of like a musical conductor and bring all yeah. of the instruments together. Cause we're making, no, you do. we're yep. making a symphony really in a classroom. It's in a symphony of learning. It's a symphony of excitement and so um you mentioning that you that you can hear that melody my little brother has had adhd who's diagnosed um mm. he was diagnosed really really early and um and he was one of the first kids to to sort of be diagnosed it was like oh. a very cusp, like early 80s like yeah um and he was one of the first kids with these combinations of medicines that they were doing um these pretty intense combinations of medicines right. in the early yes. early 80s yeah no it was and intense early it was sure. really intense for him and it was intense for for us as a family and so to help him study and i didn't know as a kid how to do this i just knew that he was lively and fun and performative and and i was performative and so and we loved the animaniacs and so yeah you did yeah we did (laughs) and so i would say i would make up songs about the capitals and songs about geography and songs about the math and i would help him study in song and he would sing he would of course get in trouble for humming too loudly during the test yeah. You know what? You know, Eat like, it. yeah, exactly. Yeah. yeah. Um, but, but he would, he would do better on his work. And so it's all of that kind of stuff that we sort of bring into our teaching, which is it, it can't be one size fits all. And also, isn't no, that ridiculous? We're not. teaching about and arthropods. It, like there is no right. such thing as one size fits all. Right. And this is another reason why I have something against standardized exams. Oh yes. Yes. I hate yeah. them. I think they mm-hmm. are the dumbest thing ever because it's it's literally just like, okay, how much can you memorize and how much can you be like a robot to the system? Mm-hmm. Like it's not a gauge. It's not a good gauge on what you can do and like what your intelligence is because there's many mm-hmm. types of intelligences, right? Right. And there's yeah. many styles of learning and it's like, okay, like you are just like, oh, man. Oh, and who goes and who goes through life just spouting facts? Like you need to be able to take what you learn and incorporate it right. into There's, action you and need context critical and situation. And exactly. Creativity and all of these things. And um it totally, 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 totally. And it's one of the actually like teaching in Japan, I've noticed is like it's one of the things that um it a lot of students here struggle with because Japan is a very homogenous country. Um, And the problem is, is they aren't really taught critical thinking, like how to be different. Like it's very much like we have to do all of these things in a systematic way. And it's a lot of, especially with English is Mm -hmm. memorization based. So like so many people can like understand and listen to English, but they just cannot speak any English at all. And it's because the school system has just, it, it's just drilling them. It's literally just purely memorization. And it's purely like we, we have to do what everybody else is doing. And the whole system is, is built around that. So that's something that I've, noticed and i've kind of struggled with sometimes when i'm teaching it's like okay like i i want to do things in a, in a different way 
Mm-hmm. And it's it's difficult to do that sometimes in a society where it's better to be doing what everybody else is doing. Mm. Interesting. Yes, Interesting. because in the U.S., it's all about like individualism, right? Like with, we're trying to so many people are just trying to be different and stand out. And it's mm-hmm. like all and then in Japan, it's the complete opposite for mm. the most part. Yeah, it's so it's just funny. Like, it's how like do we, we blend in? How do we, we think the like United States else? is about individualism and we tout it, but man, if you are actually different in the United States, you get mm. you can get smacked down pretty yeah. fast. Isn't that a problem? Yeah. It's a there's a there's a real um hypocrisy with that, I think. You know, it's sort of baked into our uh, sort of country value system or our our, our doctrine as a country this sort of fierce individualism mm. but when a when a child is different and and I and I'm talking about kids you know we we teach a lot of students a you know kindergarten through graduate school and mm-hmm. um mm-hmm. and so you know and as you get into the older grades it it, it depends on what the difference is but yeah. um but yeah it's it it, it is an interesting interesting dichotomy there where where as a nation we're we're sort of taught to be individuals and and that rugged pull yourself up by your bootstraps yes, and like yes, it's very, okay yeah, to be totally. different and yet totally. and yet in a school system or in a social situation if if people are different mm. in any way it is mm. it is a it is something to be attacked and that's, yeah. I mean, that's a lot of actually I, I don't what think we that, do. Yeah, and I don't think it's relegated to just schools. Mm. I think no, that no, no. that is where sort yeah. of those impressions maybe take hold for, you know, a longer lasting mindset for mm. people um, into their adult ages. But man, you know, yeah. you, see, you see adults here and sometimes you're like, but it's okay that they don't think the same way you do or they don't, yeah, yeah, you yeah. know, yeah. So, so we do yep. a lot of that teaching, actually, that is, mm-hmm. I mean, we're entomologists, for sure. But a lot of what we do is, is this blending of, of grit, resilience, social, emotional learning, mm-hmm. growth mindset, mm-hmm. helping yeah. young people to, to understand and identify differences and celebrate differences. Oh yeah, absolutely. Um, and we use bugs as that as that sort of core vehicle to do that. Uh, yeah, that, that's cool. Yeah, that triangulation yeah. point. Because if we went into a classroom and we were like, "Okay, kids, let's talk about how we're all different from each other." Where are you on the mood meter? I mean, uh, we, yes, would the mood be, meter. Yes. we would just be. We would just be. But if you, but if we talk about like, for example, we have this curriculum that we created called different and it's social, emotional, plus social, emotional learning, plus arthropods. Right. And so sure, we yeah. teach about the biological concepts of, of arthropods. We have 10, I'll, I'll say like modules in this. And so one of them is about crypsis and camouflage. So we talk about stick insects and leaf insects and, and crypsis yeah. and all of this, all of this amazing camouflage that mm-hmm. bugs yeah. do and behavioral camouflage where you act like what you look like. So how stick insects will right. shake like a oh, stick yeah. as they yeah. walk, all yeah. of that, all of that awesome stuff they do. So yes. Jessica and I handle the entomological portion. And then what we do is we ask you know, we, we, we offer the teacher questions to kind of choose from and the teacher will, there's like a bank of questions. And some of the questions are like, um, have you ever blended into a group so far that you felt like you disappeared? 
If you, let's say you have blended into this group and the group does something you don't agree with. Do you have agency to speak up? What do you do? How do you handle that situation? Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah and totally. So that is how we connect the two concepts. Right, And it's absolutely. endlessly connectable. I mean, oh, absolutely. Yeah, and, I, yeah. and I think too, um, so there is sort of this growing pushback in in some ways with, with SEL, with the social emotional learning. Um, where people misconstrue what it's actually meant for and what it's supposed to be doing. And, and I think that, you know, being able to think critically, not just about science, not just about math, not just about, you know, social studies or whatever, like being able to think critically about how you move through the world and how you Mm. interact with your environment. Cause we're not separate from our environment. We're Mm. all mixed yeah. in together and no, 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 mixed no, totally. in with other animals and plants and totally. like operations and people and you know technology and it's like how do we navigate that in a way that is healthy and happy and like how do you you know be good to people and how do you you know it's it, it just sort of gives people life skills empathy yes. and compassion for yourself others and the natural world Mm -hmm. that is that's the that's the thread right and i think it's so it's so funny this concept of critical thinking that's another big thing that's happening right now is like i'm using my critical thinking i'm researching it's like first of all research and google are not the same thing (laughs) (laughs) second of all critical thinking does not mean contrarian thinking and critical no, thinking not. is not the same thing as as harsh criticism. Yeah, we're conflating terms, and so right. Um, There's a lot of confusion here because, mm-hmm. like, There's for me, like, critical thinking comes down to being able to to find a way from like point A to point B, um, and and being able to go from point B to point A to point B without like handholding. You know what I mean? Like just kind mm-hmm. of like being able to put pieces together. And and there's also a lot of creativity, I think, in critical thinking. Um, For sure. Which yeah. is, you know, because you have to really be able to like think about, okay, like why? And so yeah, with my the whys student, and the hows yes, and the, the, different, and the, the different routes to get from yes, point A to point exactly. B. Exactly. And, and like, so is there a roadblock on this one? Is there, right. do we need to go around to a detour? Right. And so I love what I love to do in in my lessons here in Japan to try to help get them to be more like expressive with their thoughts and try to I I ask them things like okay like why do you like this like for example I'm doing like an art lesson pretty soon and what I'm going to do is put like all these like posters of like famous artworks like around the room and at a certain point, they're going to be walking around and they're going to have to look at all the artwork and they're going to have to think like, okay, which one is your favorite? Which one do you like? And it's like, okay, why? Why do you like that one? Like, I, I want them to kind of like be okay with really kind of doing some intrapersonal thinking. Like, okay, mm-hmm. why does this thing make me feel this way? Like, why, yeah. why am I gravitating towards this? Because I feel like so much of what I was saying earlier is that they, they don't get a lot of opportunities here to, 
to do that like deep intrapersonal diving and and get like really do the creative like self-expressive thinking like that kind of stuff it's do you ever use do you ever use insects in your teaching i wish for english i wish do you have a set Um, curriculum I kind of have a a, set curriculum and I've mentioned this before. Like I've been like, Hey, like what if I introduced like these crazy silk moths because Japan has all these crazy silk moths and like, yes, I am breeding some right now, actually. Nice. Yeah. I've been doing this forever. I love like giant silk moth Saturnids. I've been breeding those wherever I go. I find them. And I breed them and I raise them and that's kind of like my thing. So when I came to Japan, I was like, oh, I really want to start raising the Japanese oak silk moth. Mm -hmm. Um, It's it's the same uh, genus as the polyphemus moth. I don't know. Yes, Mm -hmm. it's it's like that. But what's weird is that this one um, goes through diapause as an egg. So, yeah, it's it's crazy so they go through their whole life cycle um from like spring to summer but then the moths actually mate like right before winter during the Mm -hmm. fall and they lay all their eggs and then the eggs just stay like that yeah so right now Hmm. i have like hundreds of eggs in my refrigerator just, just chilling right now. Now, I have a question. <laughs> literally and figuratively. Right? Do, you, yeah, just do, you literally collect, and figuratively yeah. do you collect out of the wild and then breed? I, I try you, to. I guess you had to when you got to Japan. And then do you release any of the stock or do you keep genetic? Do you keep like cross breeding? Do you have like a breeding chart? Like how do you do it? Um. So what happened in Japan because it it's it's very hard to find um the cocoons of what i was looking for because japan's saturnids are just kind of different mm. um we do have a a lunamoth here um but i've always struggled to find lunamoth cocoons like even in the eastern united states yeah. because they just to go down in the leaf litter, right? And you're like, yeah. okay, mm-hmm. I, the only way I'm going to find one is if I just rake the woods. <laughs> but I'm not <laughs> going to rake the woods. So it's just like, <laughs> I'm not going to do that. <laughs> um, so what I would do in the Eastern United States is I would collect Cecropia, um, Cocoons, Polyphemus, um, Promethea was a big one. Um, all the ones that would be hanging on the trees as ornaments during the winter time, and I would just go and collect them. Mm-hmm. And then I would breed them with like wild populations, and I would just release most of them. I'd nice. pretty much release everything that I bred except for a handful that I would use for the next generation. Right, right. But right. what happened in Japan was um, I ended up getting stock from like a, a Japanese bred. Um, Yamamai silk moth, the oak silk moth. And then I also managed to get stock from a European one. Oh. And so they're like the same, they do the same things. They were just raised in different countries, essentially. Mm-hmm. Um, so what I did was I raised both of those. Um, but it's weird because the European one ended up doing the best in Japan. 
the ones that I got like in Japan, they were all very finicky and the host plants that I was told to raise them on, they didn't want. And mm-hmm. I was like, well, this is very strange. Um, and then the European variety was super great. So the, the oh. actual, the variety that I have in my fridge right now is actually the European variety. Okay. Um, so what I'm planning to do is crossbreed those with the, with some wild Japanese ones, hopefully and get this sort of cross progeny going and yeah i'll just cross progeny is my band name i know i was like you said that and i was like yeah cross progeny oh man yeah yeah so that's kind of what's happening now um but i have thought about yeah like what happens you know when you have because you can as long as you're continuing to like breed the same mods over and over again in a separate environment, you will get a genetically different, mm-hmm. you yeah. know, and genetically different moth at the end than what's happening in the wild after a certain amount of time. Yeah. Yeah. It's a tricky um, thing. It's a really tricky thing. And, um, and you know, we teach, we teach kids and we personally don't take things out of the wild for anything that we teach with, or, or at least we we try not to. There are some things that you that can only be wild caught, and we're yeah. trying to in our teaching sort of phase away from anything mm-hmm. that is wild caught. Um, yeah. Just because when something gets popular, it gets t- just completely raked out of the environment. And I mean, just yeah. yeah. That's and and the also problem. you you add into that habitat loss from human development and like pollution and stuff like that like you know it's it's a compounded problem they just don't have a fighting chance in some places so so we you know we we are we are looked to as the bug chicks and so we we have specific we have specific things that we we don't we don't want to do just because we teach so many people Mm -hmm. um and also it's not part of our practice like it's we don't we don't breed anything. We don't have, uh, we don't have, yeah. we, we're not breeders. Yeah. We're, okay. we're not, we're not breeders <laughs> in many ways. We are not breeders. And so, um, so we have a lot of our animals and, and we use them to teach with, or, or we, yeah. we have these great microscopes. We have a great partnership with Celestron. Mm-hmm. Um, so ah, Celestron's cool. one of our sponsors. And um, I wouldn't say sponsor. I would say like, we're like brand partners yeah. with them. I don't yeah, know what the yeah. difference You'd be is, like honestly. a partner at this point. Yeah. We're we're part of Team Celestron and, and they have these people who use their either their telescopes, they make really great telescopes, and they have mm-hmm. a telescope on the um International Space Station. But they Ooh. all yeah, they're really cool. Yeah. They're a really cool company. And they also make these great sort of at home or in the classroom digital microscopes. And we use those because we whenever we go out in the field, we're using them and um and when we're teaching in classrooms or, mm-hmm. or doing our big assembly programs or yeah, they're an mm-hmm. amazing tool doing a podcast or, you know, there's all sorts of different ways that we use these microscopes. Um, and I don't know why I'm talking about that. I lost the thread. I'm not going to lie. <laughs> <laughs> Basically just dropping the name of our sponsor. I'm just dropping it, just dropping it in there. <laughs> you just slide that right in there. Just doing it. Um, well, we were talking about um, breeding insects. Oh, yes. yeah. It, we 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 do a lot of 
um, videography and photography and, and, yes. and using them in teaching tools, but we don't have time or talent or, or yeah, it's just not our bag because you, you can kind of do one or the other, you know? And so we went, we went hard with the, that education route mm-hmm. and the, yeah. the sort of curriculum development route and the speaking rather than doing some breeding. But, but that, this is, you know, you're talking about entrepreneurialness. There's, there's lots of opportunity for entrepreneur entrepreneurs to have to have things that they do in the same mm-hmm. space but they do it very very different ways mm-hmm. yeah yes. and entomology's great for that we went to the uh yeah. iecc the invertebrates in conservation and education conference this past yes. july and you know it it was basically bug dorks from okay all all yeah. facets of bug dorkdom. Yeah, absolutely and absolutely. it was yes. wonderful yes. It was a really neat conference for us. Mm-hmm. We normally go to the Entomological Society of America, and we've been members for years. And okay. um, mm-hmm. but we went to this IECC conference, and we'd heard tell of it. It's yeah, mythological, it was legend, right? <laughs> and, and everyone's like, "Oh my god, you guys gotta come to the IECC!" It's yeah, like yeah, it's yeah. like a specific group of cool bug dorks. Yeah. Like, oh my god, you want? <laughs> Wait, where's yeah, my yeah, Okay, yeah, yeah. what's the it's password? <laughs> and it's and it's a lot of people who work in conservation. So we're talking about insect zoos, insect breeding programs, mm-hmm. and we're also talking about insects in education. So any kind of outreach, like a butterfly museum mm-hmm. or a butterfly house or things like that. And there were a lot of artists there too. So Selling stickers mm, and selling yeah. all sorts yes. of stuff. So there's oh, all yeah. sorts of stuff that people are doing. No, you can you can do like for example, um, just recently, uh, what I got for um, my girlfriend actually was um, this really nice um, butterfly necklace. And what it is is right. It's made from like the actual wings. So the one mm-hmm. I specifically got for her was the Madagascar sunset moth. Yes, of course. Um, awesome. Of course. And what's really cool is that like the you can make jewelry and the jewelry is made from ethically sourced individuals, right? So these butterflies are raised on farms and things like that and when the butterfly dies, because they're farm raised, it's not like these individuals are just being wild caught and stuff mm-hmm. like when a, when a butterfly dies, like it usually it keeps its shape right especially like in a farm and something like that yeah, yeah absolutely so the individual dies once it's dead they just use the wings and repurpose them into jewelry and then you can sell the jewelry and there's all kinds of crazy stuff you can yeah. do with and it insects. inspires people it, when when that type of operation is done properly it inspires it, it inspires people to conserve the mm-hmm. rainforest or the habitat yeah. where those animals yeah. live and what i um, love about um this specific one was they give you like the special this card that talks about the species right and it gives you nice. information about like mm-hmm. what the butterfly is exactly you know, where yeah. it comes from, what it is, what makes it like unique and special, all that mm-hmm. kind of stuff. Well, and that's the great thing about education, too. When you have a really clear and well thought out educational component that goes with things like that, people start to understand the animal better and like why it's farmed the way it is and, and conservation and stuff like that. And when people understand something, they care about mm-hmm. it more. Yeah, um, no, absolutely. And, and it, it's, absolutely. it becomes less of an amorphous concept that 
Yeah, and, they don't get. And less of a throwaway, I think. Yeah. Um, or less of a giveaway. You know, we yeah. we get all sorts of bug crap. I'm not going to lie to you, dude. Sometimes <laughs> people give us stuff. And I'm going to say it right here and now. I'm going to say it. Are you ready? No. No. <gasps> saying it. Oh, oh man. Here we I'm go. I'm tired, dude. I'm saying it. <laughs> uh, let's go. Let's go. Uh <laughs> For me, I am mm-hmm. I am highly picky about mm-hmm. the bug paraphernalia I have in my house, mm-hmm. on my person, yep. things like that. Yep, me too, yep. I don't want a Halloween spider ring that my mother found at Goodwill that is plastic <laughs> that goes on my hand where the legs are coming from the abdomen. I don't want that. <laughs> I, anything that is not morphologically correct scratch. don't come at me don't come at me with legs that, are, that don't go on the right places yeah, right. Um, and, and i'll there. add to that yeah i'll add to that um there are some key pieces that we love that we've gotten from like kids oh or like gosh. special like people oh, in our yeah. lives and stuff if a kid gives like, me something i'll keep it forever yeah. because i'm a sentimental weirdo that are like um yeah. arthropods yeah. in acrylic yes right oh yes um, yeah, so yeah, yeah. some so, of those can be yeah. really yeah good. and you know and if and if like a kid gives that to us or somebody that we love gives that to us like awesome but mm-hmm. in a lot of cases, those are not sustainably caught, mm. and right. um, and they're not necessarily something that like like I don't I don't wear that, <laughs> you know what I mean? That's not right. my choice of yeah. And right. what's what's decor? What's funny? It's almost like <laughs> I'm going to use you as an example here, Jess. It's oh, almost good. like you have that one aunt, and like one time you told her that you like sea turtles. Oh, and yeah. then, oh my god then they, yes and then just give you sea turtle stuff and then that's it and then like, all of a sudden you've just got all this <laughs> like sea turtle shit and you're like uh, i mean i dig sea turtles like yeah, i want to yeah, see yeah. one no, I, I know exactly i literally have so many boxes of you're turtles talking about <laughs> sea turtles yeah no, yeah, no, I know, careful. i know exactly what you're talking about because i was like oh man i went through this phase where i was like trying to rebel against the identity that was created for me because uh i was like i was the identity <laughs> created for me don't don't yeah. skimp on this <laughs> yeah because this is what this is something we talk to a yeah. lot to with undergraduates so please tell us everything yeah. you know <laughs> so basically like what happened was um i was always known as the insect guy right like throughout the my pretty much the entirety of my life in high school and stuff like that and through undergrad because i had been working and doing all this research and stuff specifically for insects and i was like yes i love insects they're super cool but like this is like not my person like this is not mm-hmm. all of me you know what mm-hmm. i mean like just it's not because... the only part of right me. exactly yes. it is it, you know this is a this is a part for sure and like i am passionate about this stuff but then it becomes like oh anything insect related it was like oh like it's this guy like this is his thing you know and at, and at a certain point in my master's degree i was like man i i really i always love music music has always been the other side of me right yeah. but that's the side that would always kind of be in the shadow of 
the insect stuff. Mm-hmm. And so I would always just always constantly be like getting berated with like, oh, like he's the insect guy. Like he knows all this stuff about like insects and bugs and all these kinds of things. And it's like, yes, yes. And then I started going through this like rebelling phase, like, oh my God, like this is not like oh, my identity is not Mothman. You know what I mean? Like, like, <laughs> like, Jessica's I, from West Virginia. I love Mothman. So you like, saying Mothman? Mothman like, literally, I'm, my first thought was yes, and my second thought was I'm going to get you a T-shirt that says I am not Mothman on it. But it's going to be your face on the Mothman. It's going to be your face on the Mothman. Jessica and I are making a pilgrimage. So we just moved from Portland to Oregon um, to uh, to Ohio, to Cincinnati. And we're quite close to Point Pleasant. We're quite close to the Mothman statue. And I had the opportunity a couple of weeks ago to go because I've never seen the statue. And I was like, I haven't Jessie, either. I- I was like, Jesse, I'm going to go see the statue. She grew up in West Virginia, so she's seen it. it. It's like an annual pilgrimage sure. around Halloween for oh, everybody. Sure. Oh, Virginia. absolutely. I love that stuff. I'm, <laughs> but I was like, I'm Jess, all about I, it. I can't go without you. Like, we need to go together right, and get a bunch right. of yeah. Mothman statues, yes. right? Yes. I, it, felt like, it felt wrong. I call it whale sharking. So once I went to go see whale sharks with my major professor... And, um, but my, my fiance and I, we love to scuba dive. We love to dive. We love to swim. It's this, it's this other part of me. Right. Right. And we were on the boat out to go see whale sharks and everything in my body was like, it's so wrong for me to see a whale shark without Peter. Like it's so Mm, wrong for me to see a whale shark without Peter. And so now whenever I do something where I'm like, I'm not going to do that without this other person, I call it whale sharking. I'm like, I whale shark that hard. I'm not doing it. So, um, yeah, that's that's so, a deep uh, cut. <laughs> so, so, that, it is. so that's so going back to what you were talking about, that's so interesting that you were rebelling against I am not Mothman. Go on, pick back up where you left off. This is fascinating to me. Yes, so I was rebelling against that because at at the time it was like, okay, like yes, um I I am passionate about this, but at the same time, like I am actively trying to work on and build up this other part of me that just has constantly been overlooked like entirely it's like oh yeah you know like this is the insect guy i mean he yeah you know he also like makes beats and stuff but like he's the insect guy and it's like it's like ah yeah especially like especially since as an artist we were talking earlier like you want your work to be for other people so if that part of you is not recognize that's like a that was the part like that would kill me yes and that's why i started rebelling hard and i was like okay look i okay also you if know? you chose the identity that's one thing mm-hmm. but if other right. people choose it for you that's exactly. the issue yeah. if you were yes. like i am the mothman i'd be like do it bro lean into that just yeah, yeah, it yeah. Out. like well and, uh, yeah and that's sort of like what you experienced growing up your oh. your mom was like Let's You're going to be a are, dancer. Are, are you bringing my mother? I, I love her. I love her mother. I swear to God. <laughs> However, you is that too, too soon? You like talk that... about a deep cut, you guys. I mean, I just oh, thought it was man. like, you know, like <laughs> yes, yes. I was like, oh my God, Christy, you know exactly what happened. Oh, oh, you know about this trauma. Yes. Um, so, <laughs> sorry, guys. I I didn't mean to take that to a place that was and, and not you know, okay. And I promise, everybody. And I promise, listeners, we will bring this back around to our to our to our business and what we do because actually what's so funny yes, we is need to. you are talking about 
identities, right? And I think something that Jessica and I have done very, very well, something I'm very grateful for is we created the identity of the bug chicks. So the Mm -hmm. bug chicks can live three feet out from us. And when we don't want to be like, oh, I'm Christy or I'm Jessica, we can be like, oh, I'm one of the bug chicks. And it can be this otherness that is Mm -hmm. us. Now, there, there is no separating really right. at this point <laughs> us from the bug chicks but it is it provides yeah. a shield sometimes mm-hmm. not that we're so famous we need a shield but it's about your personal identity right so like there's yes. more to me than the bug chicks there's more to jessica than the bug chicks there's more to us than the entomology than the master's mm-hmm. degree than than yes. the choices we've made i yeah. i work with horses i am a scuba diver i have a degree in theater jessica is a beautiful artist she draws beautifully she knits mm. she you know she's very into her west virginia family she's got a very core west virginia family identity do you know they what I are mean? like and they a, are it's a big <laughs> deal it's a big <laughs> deal it, like, it is also something because i know you so well mm. it is something that defines you you know what mm. i mean it defines yeah. you differently than how maybe my family defines me mm-hmm. like we have a different yeah, family yeah. culture and so so i i hear what you're saying mitch about about this assigned identity or what feels like you're like you want to be mothman but like mothman plus more you know yes, I mean? exactly. Exactly. I love the idea of yeah. Mothman. I love the idea of like insects and that being exactly. my thing. But like, mm-hmm. don't overlook this other part of me that has been yeah. here the entire time. Exactly. Don't you exclude. Know, like, yeah. It doesn't have to be exclusionary. Yeah. And so that I think is something very smart. And we didn't do it on purpose. We didn't do it because we're so smart at business. We just did it. And it turned out now looking back to be a really smart thing that we did in our business was to create an identity mm-hmm. so that, mm. and, and, and we are one of the thing, one of the other things I'm very proud of is um, whenever people meet us who are very familiar with our work, mm. like mm-hmm. kids who have grown up watching our videos and because it's yeah. to think that, that, now, is a thing. that is a thing. Kids have grown <laughs> up watching our videos. Yeah. That must be crazy. Right? It's crazy. a little weird. Oh, um, it makes me feel old, but it's also great. Like I love it. Yeah. And no, so, it's fantastic. So like if a teacher has used our videos for years in their classrooms and then they meet us, they're like, Oh my God, you two are actually friends. You're actually how you are in your videos. Mm-hmm. And that to me right. is, is something that I'm very proud yeah. of. The genuineness. Right. Yes. The genuinosity. Genuinosity. Yes. Jessica yeah, you gotta said be real. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> genuinosity. Um, and so so that is something that that is important when you're when you're when you're crafting a brand or an identity or whatever, or when you're choosing whatever, Mm -hmm. however you're going to kind of show up in the world, um, having it encompass all the different parts of you. So I could, uh, so when I switched from theater to bugs, I went theater to wildlife because I, I've always Mm. dreamed of studying large mammals in Africa. And I did that. And then I discovered camel spiders and I was like, Oh, just kidding. (laughs) This is what I'm going to do. So, (laughs) so that's sort of the path of my life. Um, Yeah. Sorry about my coughing. But, um, but when I, when I did that, and then I had already started a production company because I realized First of all, I loved the crocodile hunter. I thought he was a genius. Oh, me too. Wonderful. Me yes, too. rest in peace. And yes. um, he was awesome. His his was enthusiasm, fantastic. his joy enthusiasm, which is yes. a word that we use a lot here. Yeah. Really it 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 emanated in waves off the screen. And when yes. you read about him, and I'm gonna try not to cry, when you read about him, 
when you read what other people said about him and how they knew him, what they would say is what you saw on camera was what you saw off camera. And, and that's what it you wasn't want. a yep. fake, mm-hmm. he wasn't faking. Now, you sometimes have to dial it up, but not, never yes. dial it in. Ooh, right. I just said that you for the first are time. such a genius. <gasps> that's speaking. Of, that's gonna I'm gonna write that down. Write that down. Uh, so for Jessica good, yeah. and I, yeah. we wow, amplify okay. the volume of who we are, but we are never faking who we are. Right. 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 That's absolutely. The key. You never dial hide. it up. You don't dial it in. Yes. Yes, um, yes. Oh my God. Oh, I'm like so God, thrilled with myself. Such a genius. <laughs> I'm like, I'm just taking the rest of the day off, you guys. Um, oh my God. I'm like all a flutter in my chest. <laughs> so, what, what Jessica, Jessica was talking about my mother in law, and I'll say this very briefly, but like I grew up on stage. I grew up as a dancer first, and then um, I wasn't mm-hmm. like so great as, as a technical dancer. I was great on stage, but I wasn't like the most beautiful technical dancer. You know, there were, there were right, so many right. dancers dancers that I danced with who were so much more gifted at the dance part. But when you got me on stage, uh, that was my place. Like that yes. was, it didn't matter if I didn't yeah. have the most beautiful I know pointed what you mean. toes. Yeah. I had a thing on stage. I, I had yeah. a thing. And so I was like, so everyone was like, Oh, try theater. Cause also you don't show it up, shut up. So, um, so combining <laughs> stage and not shutting up, I went into the theater and I really enjoyed it and I really liked it. Um, but my mother's thing since I since I was little, m- my mother wanted to be on stage. And so when you mm, live ah, through yes, a person, right. it can be a right. little tricky. Now, I love my mother ferociously. That's the way that I describe it. And I think ferociously. it's the perfect yeah. way to describe it. Um, I love her with a ferociousness. Um, mm-hmm. But she is a very big personality. She has a big mm-hmm. presence in my life. Um, mm-hmm. I once did a monologue in uh, when I was in theater school. I have a BFA in acting. And it was mm-hmm. an unpublished play that my professor gave me because he knew that I had mother issues. And so it was this character <laughs> with mother issues. And I'll never forget. I don't remember. I don't remember much about the play, but I, I'll never forget the first line of this monologue. And it's well, this woman saying about her mother, she says, my mother is the universe and it was like it's Ooh, such a beautiful simple wow. line but like that right. really that really was my world growing up like yeah my my mother was the laws of the universe like you couldn't right. you can't right. change physics you can't change gravity yeah you can't it's a change, double-edged like, yeah it's a yes. thing she was she's a powerful force in my life and she wanted me to be famous. And so I auditioned yep. for Annie too on Broadway. I, mm-hmm. I auditioned for the Mouseketeers. I was with mm-hmm. Justin Timberlake and the audition. Like it was a whole deal. It was like that year, like it was just like a whole deal. So it was like, I, and, and it wasn't my wanting. It was wanting for me. Right. And when that happens, you do have a, of rebellion and what happened for me is I, my rebellion was deep depression my senior year mm. of college i realized that i had become a person that i didn't i didn't like this version of myself i'd become yep. highly competitive i grew up in a very yep. competitive way um and my my mother tends to be a bit um competitive and also mm. ranking she would sort mm. of rank people and so i got to the point in my senior year yeah. of college where i was like oh if you're not good at acting you're like not a not a worthwhile human being to 
care. And then I was like, wait a minute, is this me? Is this my actual inner core? And it didn't, it felt incongruous with who, who I actually am. And also more importantly, who I want to be. Absolutely. And so I quit. I mean, I felt mm-hmm. worse and yeah. I quit. It was like my yeah. out. Again, I, that's the universe being yes. like, sorry about this, but. And I you know, wrote yeah. in my journal, um, what if breaking one thing could fix everything? And I was like, oh my God, I want to be Steve Irwin. And I well, sat. Well, yeah, totally, yeah. I, I just loved him. And I, I sat in my Same. childhood bedroom with a broken shoulder because I couldn't act anymore. And I was like, couldn't dance and like had to be at home. Yep. And, and I was like, Watching nonstop Animal Planet. Yep. When Animal That's Planet what I was did too. Yeah. Awesome. Back when Animal Planet was awesome. And yeah, back when it was actually <laughs> animals. When it was about animals, right? <laughs> back when at three in the morning you could you could watch Breed All About It about dog breeds. Uh, yeah. oh, <laughs> that was my jam. So oh, God, um yes. so I shifted. I was like, I was like, that is the energy I want to put in the world. That I wanna yeah. I wanna do that. And he gets to go all over the world and see these amazing animals. Yeah, and he, it's, it's and he awesome. also shares. Yeah. And I was like, I have a degree in theater. I could probably do that. So I went and got a job at the zoo and, and worked with large mammals. And then, Man, and, I've also you know, thought about that. Yeah, it, it was. And so it was, it was identity can be placed on you, but we have the power to choose yes. who we yes. are and how totally. we show up in the world. And I Absolutely. was choosing to show up in the world in a, in a, in a not so awesome way when I was in the theater, but it wasn't working for me and it wasn't working for the people around me. Right. And right. Um, bugs, I, I kind of feel like bugs and science and wildlife and wildlife conservation kind of, it changed my life, but it also mm. kind of saved my life. Like yeah. I, I was well, deeply uh, depressed. Um, yeah. I mean, I yeah. was there. Um, I had like an anxiety depression breakdown kind of thing during my master's program. Oh, yeah. Yeah. And that's something that's not really brought up a lot in like for higher education, but it's Mm -hmm. something that is extremely common. Like my PI was like, oh, like you are not the first. You're not the last. Like everybody at some point in this kind of research goes through what you're going through right now. Now, did and you have a good like, PI? Did you did you and your PI get along really well? Yeah, he was he was um he was good. He was it was funny because he would kind of like give me what I would call like these like dad lectures where he would just kind of like <laughs> go on and on and I'd and it would just kind of continue to keep going past the point that it needed to and i'm like okay dad like i get it <laughs> like, that's like, awesome but also i'll i'll take i'll take like uber dad energy or mom energy from a pi mm-hmm. over hands-off uh ap- well that's the thing so any day we had to come up with something that would work for me. So basically what, what ended up happening was I would send him a weekly email talking about what I did that okay. week, okay. like the progress that was being made and that, and that sort of thing and what it was that I would, was doing. Um, and that would kind of help keep both of us in check. Cause he was busy. He was traveling a lot. Right. Um, like he was always going to other countries and doing like research and stuff like that. And so I would just be on the island doing whatever and we would just try to stay in contact. Mm-hmm. Um, Which island? Email, where, where were you? Were you on? I was on Oahu. 
Oahu. It must have been terrible for you. Oh, um, well, I, you know, you, <laughs> you say that. It's tricky to say that. I've actually never been to Hawaii, so I, I actually have no context other than what I've seen in like, well, movies. Well, right. <laughs> so here's the other thing, too, is that, you know, everybody, because, like, I, the way you said that, I, I knew there's, um, like, irony in there. Yes. Like, it, oh, good. But, I'm glad that translated. <laughs> no, no, it totally translated. But the way I perceived it was, oh, like, she knows. Like, it sucked. <laughs> like, <laughs> like, well, actually, Mitch, that's exactly how I meant it. It's tricky. It's tricky to be. No, it's, yeah, because it, I always say I love it. Like, it's a great place to, like, vacation. But living mm. there was just such a pain. Like, I hated living there. But, like, mm-hmm. being there for uh, as, like, a vacation thing is, like, great. But yeah, I just could not. I yeah. could not like leave, and I would always like in my. I could PI, not leave. Yeah. Oh, I, I could not leave. <laughs> um, I, but I wanted to. Now, um, it was one of those things where I would always just like when I was going through my rebel phase, um, with the whole like, okay, like I'm trying to be something completely different. Mm-hmm. I would always say stuff, especially like with my PI and my PI and I were pretty tight, and same with all the people that I worked for. So I could kind of say whatever I wanted and he could kind of, when we would just kind of like ramble and, and stuff like that. And he would crack jokes sometimes in lectures like, oh, like, everybody can do this except for Mitch. And I'm like, well, you know, I'm never going to continue this. So, so like we would just like, you know, that have that okay. kind of relationship. So, so I have a question. So this is interesting. First of all, two, two things, two things that I'm hearing from you. I love the fact that you were able to, at the very least, um, recognize that you were having some anxiety and some depression issues and that you were able to talk to your PI about it oh, in yeah. order for them to say, it, this is normal mm-hmm. and I oh, hear yeah. you. It, it's not yes. so normal that it's like, oh, brush it aside, get over it. It's it's normal. I hear you. This happens. Like, I'm here. So I love that you had that kind of relationship with your PI because a lot of people don't recognize, and I'm working with my mentee right now who's applying to graduate school, and she is trying to apply to a school where, like in, in, a, in a state she wants to be in, mm. meaning she's like, I want to be in the sun somewhere. And I'm like, my love, I love you. I adore you more than anything. I need you to understand that your PI will make or break your experience mm-hmm. in graduate school. Oh, absolutely. Totally. And so you need to pick a PI and it doesn't matter where the PI is because it doesn't matter if it's sunny outside, if it's raining with your PI, that's all that's going to matter. And so I love, I love that you're, that, mm. that you're, you mentioned that. And what I'm also hearing from you is you were in your master's program and you finished your master's, but throughout it, you're telling everyone like, I'm not keeping this up. And now you yeah, moved absolutely. to Japan, you're teaching absolutely. English, you still love bugs, you yes. want to use your master's program, you're doing this insect podcast. I'm going to ask you the question that I ask, which is about everybody. Hmm. What is your big impossible, like, if, like what is the big vision for your life? I'm going to ask you the horrible question, Mitch. We've known each other for an hour. I'm asking it. What's the big vision for your life? Like if you could literally design your life, 
and that's career, that's money, that's where you live, that's all of it. <laughs> tell me what tell me what that looks like. Um, okay. Well And it doesn't have to be set in stone because all of this is changeable. So at this point in time, um I pursued the dream that I had. Uh, I, I achieved the dream. I achieved two dreams that I had so far. Um, one was to get the master's in entomology. And that's been something that I had been thinking about like forever. Like I started my undergrad program with the intent of getting a master's in entomology. Yes. So I got the master's in entomology. And as I was doing that, I started realizing, oh my God, I kind of want to also do like this other stuff. Right. Mm -hmm. Like now that I'm actually working on this and it's kind of breaking me like physically and mentally, like now I kind of want to like do something else. Um, so if I could engineer like my future right now, the way the way I've been working and trying to get it to go is that I, I want to be able to have the, the freedom to not work a nine to five to like be my own boss and kind of do my and create stuff. Mm -hmm. So I, I would be making a living off of the podcast. I would okay. be making a living off of my music. I would be touring with either like doing music stuff or podcast. Either way, it's going to come down to one of those two things for me. Um, because I have always really looked up to artists and I've always kind of like aspired to be like a, a singer, like a producer, like that kind of thing. Mm -hmm. And um, I've never had anybody tell me that I can't do that. Oh, that's awesome. What a beautiful statement. I, I don't know that I have ever heard that statement mm. from someone. Say that again. Yes, um, I have never had anybody tell me that I can't do what I want to do, like be an artist, like make it as a musician. It, it's always like, you God, know, have, never like, give up. tingles in my... That's really special. ...in all my places. So here's, uh, here, that is, yeah. <sighs> There's like no follow-up to that one. <laughs> like, I'm just like and stunned. And, uh, and of, end of podcast. You've broken me. Broken yeah, my, my brain just split in half. <laughs> so, so that's a really... I hope you recognize that that is a very special um, yeah. privilege that uh, yeah. you had. Un and uh, and, and it's unusual. very unusual because uh, we hear so many stories from people um, where, where can't is, is, is the word that the story is yes, built around. Can't is the word. And, mm -hmm. and that's the, the, the story that I hear over and over again when I'm reading about all the people who did make it. It's always like, oh, you know, like I had these people always say like, oh, you can't do this or like it's not going to work or blah, blah, blah. And then they mm -hmm. and then they and made it, it fuel, happen. It, it, and for some people, it fuels them. And for a long time, it fueled me. And I am realizing now that I need to have another fuel because it my fuel my fuel comes from the inside, but something that that can help like throw throw stuff on the fire is if someone says no. And you know, I used to right. give this talk to students about like my three sort of rules for life, and one of my rules is 
if there's something you really want to do and it's important, not like mm-hmm. you want to yes. like you win wanna, the lottery and lounge on the beach for the rest of your life. Right. Like if it's, if it's yeah. like really important and you have to work towards it and you ask someone and they say, no, you're just talking to the wrong person. Right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. no, totally. totally. Like it ain't that deep. You're just talking to the wrong person. And I think another, another one of those words is why, but you have, yeah. but like when why is said, why? Like where, right. yeah, where the, the <laughs> intention behind that is like, that's a stupid idea. I was so in love with this guy. <laughs> I was so in love with this guy in my early twenties. And it was my transition between theater and 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 going going overseas to study animals and we were at brunch one morning and I was still longingly in love with him we're having brunch and we were good friends and I, and I loved him dearly and I still do and and we were sitting there and I and I said I said I've decided to 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 go to Africa and he without even looking at me he's like cutting up his waffle and he goes oh god why and I in that moment I sat back and I was like Oh my God, I'm not in love with you anymore. <laughs> it was like, it was like, he released oh God, me. You, you it was like an exorcism. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It was an exorcism. He released exorcism. me. And yeah. from that moment on, like, I love him dearly. I wish him well in whatever he does, but I wasn't bound to his opinion, right, his love. Right, his, and right. that's what I mean about, um, that's what I mean about uh, being careful that, that you don't, you don't fuel your whole life based on other people going, mm-hmm. well, you can't do this because it's, because again, it's about showing other people and you're, you get one life and yeah. it should be part of it at least should be for you. And so part of what I'm trying to shift in my life is I don't want to say, write a book to like show everybody that I can write a book. If I'm yeah. going to write a book, it has to be because this, this book is inside me and it needs and I I need to write it or, or I want to write it. Not even I need to write it. Like it's okay for me to want something Mm. without it being about, um, approval from others. And, um, you know, approval is a, is a, is a big thing. And, and this is what happens when you're in, when you're teaching in a class full of third graders say, and there's, let's say a girl who really likes bugs. And mm-hmm. all the other little girls are like, bugs are gross. You're not supposed to like bugs. Yeah, and it still yep. happens. Oh, it, it still happens. happens less. Yeah. It mm-hmm. happens less. It's, yep. it's becoming a little bit more acceptable, yep. but, but, I, but we live in an approval state because we live, we are social creatures and social media creates an approval state where yes. anxiety is through the roof because there's, there's this perceived notion of everybody else's lives. P.S. It's a lie. There's there's approval of other people. There's that dopamine mm-hmm. hit from likes. There's all of these things that are happening. Yeah. And so pulling away from, from having that, that fuel me of like, I'll show you. Like, oh, you say yes. I can't do it. Watch me. Mm-hmm. Yep. I want my fuel to be, first of all, regenerative in me. Oh yeah. And not reliant on the negativity of others. Right. Absolutely. Yeah, that is and not a clean burn flame. Is, no. <laughs> That's a That is not a clean burning flame. No. And fortunately, I've I've had a clean burning flame because yeah. everything that I've pursued and really put everything into it's because I wanted to do it. Because and you've never and, heard and can't. I've, also, yeah, right. I've also never heard can't. It was always like, 
okay, well, and and one thing that I hear over and over again is like, okay, if you want to do this, the 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 biggest thing is to never give up because once you give up, like that's a, it's like it's over, you know. And I've noticed that as well, like with all these people and, you know, even sometimes I'm like, okay, I don't understand like how this guy blew up within such a short period of time. And here I am like years go by and I still haven't been able to catch a break. Like I haven't mm-hmm. hit, hit that luck yet. And like, the, I'm like, why, why did this guy blow up? And I didn't like when objectively the quality is there, mm-hmm. like it's just, it's, it's like, what do I need to do to make this happen? And people will be like, okay, well, you know, everybody's timeline is different. Like, and yeah. it's true, you know, like everybody has their own. And for me, I've noticed things tend to happen last minute. For better or for worse, everything comes together when it needs to come together at the like last minute. Um, it's just kind of how things have always been. And so part of me is like, okay, like as long as I don't give up on any of these dreams that I have, like I do firmly believe that it, inevitably something will happen. It's just going to happen when I least expect it. Or like, it's, it's going to happen at the turning point when there's some sort of pivotal thing mm-hmm. and it's like, Oh, <laughs> just kidding. Here you go. This is what you've been trying to do forever. And uh, just like one drop there. And now it's yours. And it's just like, okay, all right, cool. Like now of all times, but whatever. Like I have a feeling that's probably what's going to end up happening. <laughs> and just- and I, I think that that keeping going is super important. Jessica and I mm-hmm. have been doing this for mm-hmm. 15 years as the, as the bug chicks working together. Mm-hmm. Um, and I started the the production company that is now our sort of like our, our parent, yeah, yeah, like our our company or whatever. A couple of years before I met Jess, and then and then mm. when I met Jess, she was like, "Hey, I like okay. what you like what you I doing. like your moves. I like your moves. I like your style. Can I do yeah. this with you?" And I was I like, like, "Yeah." Your pheromones. <laughs> I was like, "Yeah, go be my partner," not knowing yes. anything about what what that entails like Mm. what a business partnership entails um right and learning as you go and figuring it out yeah and so so this is a good i mean here we are like an hour and 25 minutes in but like you know let's let's, start the podcast (laughs) (laughs) these are the bug chicks everybody (laughs) life lessons and conversation oh man introduction yeah so so for people like for the people that don't know the bug chicks are this duo and they create and run a host of award-winning educational resources and workshops for people across the globe, which focus on arthropod biology and building a more positive mindset towards insects, because we definitely need that. And that's something that I think is super fantastic. And and we've kind of talked about this a little bit earlier, but you guys have a lot of history and we just started just (laughs) breaching. That's a very nice way to call us old, Mitch. I appreciate (laughs) that. I felt that though. That's not what I'm saying. Because you can have- my osteopenia. (laughs) Oh my God. That's not what I mean. (laughs) You can have a lot of history within like- 
I know, like, I know, I know. We're you teasing know you. We're, yeah, we're, we're oh totally, God, we're, we're totally teasing you. You can't do this to me. <laughs> we're, we're, te- we're, we're, we're teasing you like a bestie. We're teasing you like a bestie. You're in the circle now, my uh, friend. I'm in the circle. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Here we go. Uh, I, I'm third wheeling. I'm, I'm the third wheel now. Um, <laughs> but like, yeah, so I really kind of want to know uh, and, and kind of want to hear more from you guys, like what actually shaped the bug chick. So already, like I got a small sliver of something. So essentially, um, Christy, you were saying that you had kind of had this idea conceived before you met. Well, yes. no, I didn't have the bug chicks conceived. No, yes. no, no, but you had this kind of... I had this idea that I wanted to make videos. I wanted to run a production company. And, and, and be like Steve Irwin, right? And, like and make, and make these, yeah. this, really, this really awesome yeah. set of bug videos. I think, I think that's where that, so Puget Productions, our parent company, yeah. came into being. And any bug dorks out there know that a soul Puget is a type of arachnid um, yep. with... Yep. Eight legs and they don't they're also have venom. Sun spiders, right? Sun spiders, mm-hmm. camel spiders, yep. wind scorpions. Yep. Um, they're the they're the they're the animal that I study, and so I named the production company after the animal that I think about more than almost anything, except mackerel, <laughs> <laughs> except for my dog, except um, for your dog, naturally. And and I thought, ooh, that's a great name because no one else will use it, but also no one can say it, so that's tricky. Um, Honestly, yeah, that it's. It's a tough one. It's a tricky dicky. So, um, so I I did that uh, early lesson <laughs> lesson in branding. Um, and and you know I did this in I, I I flew down with a friend that I had lived with in Kenya when I was mm. studying large mammals and human wildlife conflict. Right. Mm. Large mammals and the common ostrich. Yes. That's my favorite thing. So we were writing papers on on large mammals and the common ostrich. And we were, we were living in Kenya for a study abroad and it was amazing. It was an amazing thing. It was school for field studies. And, um, that's where I saw a camel spider for the first time. I had taken one entomology course and, and it just shifted my whole world. I was like, Mm. I can't, everyone's looking at the elephants and I'm looking at the dung beetles, like something's happening to me. And, um, and so I, I did all this research on large mammals, amazing, loved it, came back, decided to try to make a bug video because, you know, I'd had one entomology course and thought, I know enough about bugs to make a video. And so I wrote to Belize, like literally mm. the country of Belize. <laughs> Dear okay. Belize. Dear yeah. Belize. <laughs> Been and there twice. Love it. I, I talked with the film commissioner of Belize and said, hey, I'm thinking of coming down with a small crew. Mm. It was it was a girl one, that I lived with, and, and we we learned how to use a borrowed video camera on the plane. They thought okay. we were sort of National Geographic, and so the film commissioner of Belize met us at the airport and drove okay. us around Belize. And about wow. three hours in, I think they realized that we were not National Geographic. <laughs> <laughs> um, but we were charming and sweet and um and they liked us a lot and and so we we oh, we made a bug yeah. video and it will never see the light of day. Jessica's seen it once. Um it was <laughs> wow. the worst. What? I have a copy of it. <gasps> it was the worst. It's called Bugging Out with Christy in Belize. And it Yo, all it's, right. was it was the worst. I'll say that. And my it was hair the worst. was the I worst. Mean, like hey, every it bit of it was the worst. Now. Like- <laughs> I mean, 
And, um, but I learned a lot and I learned that it's really hard to be on camera by yourself. Yes. Yeah. Oh yeah. Um, yeah. and, and it, and it really helps to have someone. And, and that's when I learned that it really helps to have someone behind the camera who was also a character so that the camera mm. becomes the audience. And that audience is a character yes. because I went yeah. with Mary Beth Lloyd, who is one of our great, great <laughs> friends. And she so is awesome. possibly secretly one of the funniest human beings on the planet. And that's, that's where it really solidified <laughs> for me that whoever is behind the camera is is as important not just for the for the actual camera work because honestly her camera work was crap because we didn't know what we were doing <laughs> but her personality behind the camera because I live to make her laugh mm. it did help me on camera and so we have we have continued that thread is is mm -hmm. whoever our camera person is is someone that we want we want to hear laugh yeah. we want to make yeah. We want to we want to have that no, really great yeah. chemistry yes. with, right? Absolutely, it's important to absolutely. Us. Because when we try to film just ourselves, it's oh, not good. It's like pulling teeth. It yeah. is, really? Oh my god! Yeah, because because it's like you've got the stress of making sure that the shot looks good and everything is set up and the lighting is, is excellent. The audio is good. Yeah, but but then like you know like we'll we'll be fine for like the first two or three takes but the more we have to do and the more we have to reset it becomes it's rough man it's rough and it's my rough. brain is always rescripting no, because my yep. brain is on the educational portion and so i'm always like yep I'm always like scripting as we go, and then and then I'll be like, "Oh, we're changing this," and Jessica's like, "Bye," <laughs> you know? because yeah. Jessica likes structure and order, mm -hmm. and I like chaos, and so the two of us together have to come. We have to meet mm -hmm. in the middle. We have to, right. we have to collaborate. Right. And, yes. You know, and but um, but so when when Chris and I when we met in grad school, we met in a photography class, and um, she was like, "Hey." part of my thesis is on outreach and, and teaching. And I'll be doing some of these school workshops and stuff when I'm in country in Kenya, she was like, but I need somebody to film it. So do you mm. want to come? And then it was round two of learning how to use a camcorder on the plane. Yeah. <laughs> um, Wait, you forgot my favorite part that the federal government loves. Oh yeah, Christy paid for my ticket on student loans. Paid for everything <laughs> on student loans, and I'm wow. still paying for it. But actually, it was the smartest investment I ever made. Um, yeah. Recently, we were working with a business kind of guru dude, and I was like, "Oh God!" And I paid for it on my student loans. And he was like, "Honestly, it's a really smart business move. It's, this, it's the lowest interest business loan you'll ever get." And I was like, "Am I amazing at business? It <laughs> <laughs> is meant to be." Shut up, you guys. Yeah. <sighs> so um, we went for amazing. five and a half months yeah. and we lived in a two-person tent. I bought a truck on mm -hmm. a credit card and we drove around yeah. the country of Kenya while I was studying camel spiders. Yeah. And it was and it was and it was awesome, you know. And the the school workshops though were those were sort of the the place where I thought, oh, maybe I could do this too. <laughs> because because I had taught a couple of um like I had TA'd for a couple of classes yeah. before we left. And I'm like, yeah, right. okay, like I can mm -hmm. do this. Yeah. You know, if I have to. <laughs> if I have to. Yeah. 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 And uh, uh but this was such a different vibe, you know, mm. um, that it was it was one of those things where it was like, I was like, 
ooh, look at this. Look at this masterpiece that Christy is creating when she can't even speak the language. I mean, you can, but a not like, bit. but but like uh, not enough to like teach an entire yeah. class, right? Yeah. And it yeah. was awesome. And so I was like, Christy, I want to do this. <laughs> this is really cool. And she was like, Join me, join me on the uh, dark side. There was no hesitation yeah. at that point. At that point, we you know, we always say like, if you're going to live in a tent mm -hmm. in a foreign country together, foreign to you country, I'll right. say that in a country yeah. that is, that, that you are unfamiliar with for any yep. amount of time. And also we're dealing when you're camping in Kenya, you're not camping in, you know, you're not camping in West Virginia. You're not you're camping, not camping in, well, yeah, you know, I would love to know kind of like some of the the wild, some of the craziest things that kind of like went down while you guys were our in camp, Kenya. our camp, we had a situation with some hyenas. Um, <laughs> it was a situation. It was a situation. We also had our tent peed on by a water buffalo a few days before. We heard we heard oh, it snarling. The volume like, of pee was fascinating. And the well, it was like it was like someone had a fire hose and like and we heard it walking around and like hitting the side of our tent and we were like what? And then we were like what oh that? like that's that's got to be a, a buffalo because it smells yeah. like you know it's smells a really strong like, like a buffalo, cow yeah. smell yeah it's incredible and and then we just hear shoo, shoo, and then it was like Psh, and we were like. <laughs> we were like, oh my yeah, god! Yeah. And it smelled so really bad. bad, and the tent smelled like that for like Ever. three weeks. Forever, Forever. Um, yeah, probably still we, smells like that a little bit. Yeah, we were once. There's a lot of pee stories. We were once peeing in the middle of the night yeah. when my PI, my my major professor, came <laughs> over during spring break to see how I was doing because it was a it's a big deal. I, mm. I went over to Kenya and I had to get all sorts of permissions mm -hmm. from the president oh, yes. of the university. Yes. Like it was, yep. it was a bit of a, it was a bit of a fight to get the permissions, but I was a bit of a bulldozer and um, I just don't, you know, for this, I was like, I have been dreaming of this and working for this for years and I'm not going to be stopped by a person who doesn't know what I'm capable of. So I, right. I was just like on fire and irritating. So I just like mm -hmm. eroded people down until they were like, fine. Oh my God, go get out of my office. So, um, so I, uh, so my major professor came over to make sure that we weren't, you know, in major trouble. And uh, one night we're camping in Arabuko Sokoke, which is a rainforest area on the coast. It's a bit of a dry, sandy rainforest. It's, it's an interesting ecosystem. And um, it's very dense. And there are buffalo near the Cho on the trails. And so we didn't want to go. Like the rangers were like, be really careful at night going to this mm. pit Cho. And a Cho is just a bathroom. And it's just, you know. It's, it's like a pit toilet. It's like a pit toilet. Okay. Um, and they were like, just be really careful at night. And we were like, okay. So yeah. you can hear things munching mm -hmm. all around you. The, 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 <laughs> you. the sounds, it is the most incredible. You, I've yeah. never felt so alive, so connected, right. so in uh, tune. Yes. It was just mm -hmm. such a, it was such a beautiful experience. And, and when we're out in places like that, like you don't go to the bathroom by yourself anyway, because if something happens, it's not no, like anybody's right, going to yeah. 
you know, right. be able to help you if they don't know that absolutely where you are. And honestly, this started the the now tradition where Jessica and I are just sort of connected <laughs> at the hip. So we went out and I was like, dude, I have to pee. It was so hot. Also, you have to understand it was so hot. It was so, it was so hot. hot that we were like lying on top like, of our sleeping bag. And you could like you could feel the like, sweat just like yeah. rolling off your skin. So and like your sleeping bag is wet and you're just like oh, God. miserable. So my major professor, Dr. Robert Wharton. He is my favorite person. I I adore this man. And he was like my second dad. You want to talk about dad lectures? Tell me about it. He was like my second dad. Like we we had a very, very close relationship. But we had a dad-daughter relationship, major professor-mentee relationship. We didn't have any, you know, like uh, there was nothing. It would there was nothing else to our relationship. So when we go out, I'm like, Jess, I have to pee, but I don't want to go to the show so she's like i'll come with you and so we go out and we we are as far away towards the bushes as you can get without being too close to the bushes but we're sort of out in the open and we've got our headlamps on and of course we switch them on to red because we don't want things pinging us because we're not stupid and and we also don't want it to be super bright to wake up dr wharton and mugambi and mugambi is my research assistant who i named um the species after he's a he was a great man and i ah okay so we're trying not to wake up the men so that they shine a flashlight <laughs> on us, us peeing. <laughs> that's the, right. that's what's happening. That's the that's, dream. That's they, they don't the know dream. that we're yeah. there. They don't know. The dream is to pee in peace. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. Absolutely. To pee in peace. But what we forgot, what we neglected to tell you in the story is that there are fruit bats, fruit like flying foxes. That oh are, yeah, the huge flying foxes. Huge. No, I know all about mm-hmm. them. Yeah. And they have been eating fermented fruit. And so the they are drunk. drunk. Yes. They're drunk. Yep. So the whole night yep. they are thwapping against the tent. We're hearing them hit the truck. We're here. I mean, they are drunk. And we go out and we're like dodging these bats and we're peeing. <laughs> and a bat flies and hits me in my bare ass as I need oh, no. And we're at this point laughing so hard that we're holding we on to each other while we're still trying to giggling. Pee. I mean, yes. the giggle. Yep. And, and it was it was like a horror show. It was, <laughs> and what's happening is we're hearing tents unzip, <laughs> and, and like, I'm in full blown <laughs> pesiety. Like I'm just yeah, like yeah, I can't. absolutely. So we had many moments like Mm -hmm. this, right? Like that's what happens when you're in the field. Like there's just like fun, interesting, there's wildlife encounters. Yeah, yeah. It's exciting. And so um, so after that, for five months, you either hate each other or you are bonded for life. Yeah. We we went bonded for life. Yeah, there's no other. Yeah. Because because we also um we got sick. Um and we had to spend we had to spend some time uh like sick also gastrointestinally together in this two person uh, yeah. and and it yeah. really like you bond like those kinds of things like bond oh, you together hundred you percent totally and now so you know chris and i don't it's, even have to have a conversation yeah. with our voices we can just look at each other and just be like there are okay. many times in a yeah. workshop mm-hmm. where i can literally say a sentence in my head and jessica will go do the thing that I have just mm-hmm. said in my head because we we just we just worked together yeah, for so you've been long. Work, yeah, yeah, exactly. We work so exactly. closely we together. Telepathic connection. <laughs> also, so I think one of I the I do reasons, believe it's possible. <laughs> I think it is. Um, and so one of the things, and I've just recently sort of 
come to understand this about our partnership. And this always makes Jessica uncomfortable. So I'm definitely going to talk about it. Oh, no. Let me take a drink of my tea. Of your tea. Well, it's going to be gone in a minute. So we're trying to talk, trying to think about strengths and and why Mm -hmm. and like where your your strengths lie in a partnership. I'm already losing it. In a, in a business partnership, you always, whenever you listen to entrepreneurial podcasts, which I do ad nauseum, um, <laughs> uh, you always talk about these founders or these co-founders or these partners or whatever, and that you need yes. to separate roles and you need to set, and yeah. you need to have different strengths. Well, Jessica and I do definitely have different strengths, but sometimes identifying people's strengths when, when, when some strengths are readily identified because they're very clear, they're very outward, Right. But there's also values or tenets that I hold very dear that almost can't be articulated. And I think one of the reasons why I immediately said yes to Jessica, that I I didn't even know I had boxes that were required to be ticked by whoever I'm working with in my life. But Jessica ticked those boxes immediately, but I didn't even know what they were. I couldn't articulate them until recently is... I traveled with Jessica. Now I had traveled internationally before Mm -hmm. um, and I, with a, with a boyfriend and then with my family and other things. Mm -hmm. And when, and I had traveled to Kenya once on study abroad. And then once for my research, I was there for six weeks by myself, me and Mugambi. Um, And I fired our driver because he was drunk and revving his engine at elephants. And so it really was just me and Mugambi because Mugambi was like, I was like, Mugambi, do you have a driver's license? And he was like, nope. And I was like, I do, I'll drive. And so we had this real bonding experience, me and Mugambi. And, And also it's pretty rare in Kenya to see the white woman driving the car with with the Kenyan man in the car. You know what I mean? Like it's not exactly as the passenger yeah. as the passenger. And he was in the backseat. Yeah. He was like, drive me, let's do this. And so, <laughs> so, um, so when I travel, it's really important to me that people speak to people mm. in, in, in a, in a respectful, loving, kind way. And there are so many people who travel or who have servers like a waiter or waitress. Yeah, not not just in travel, not but just, just travel, like in just everyday in every, life. In everyday life, yeah. how you talk to a person, I, I think, tell says a lot about you. And um, and especially, I worked in the service industry for so many years. Mm. And um, Jessica, I never have to worry if Jessica's being rude to a person from a country that is that is that that is not where we come from i never worry when we're in a workshop and we have split up because i'm taking half the class and jessica's taking half the class because it's the it's the interactive part i never worry about how she's speaking to a child and these are these are things that i hold very very dear to me and i will call people out. I have, I just called my, I've I just called so my, great. I just called my future father-in-law out for the, for, for something for, and it was inadvertent on his part. He was having some anxiety yeah. about getting a table. And what happened is there was, uh, there, there wasn't the sort of like, um, treating the server as a human being as much as I would like. And, and it's right. like, I just don't have patience. Right. For it. And so yep. Jessica, when she was like, Hey, can I, join i didn't think about the business aspect 
also I wasn't in that mindset really. I was just like, I love this girl. Like she's the best and we're having so much fun. And we fought through some communication issues in the beginning. Yeah. And and we still, and And we we still still do. do. You know, when you're growing with a person, when you're in any kind of interpersonal relationship, communication issues mm -hmm. are going to come up and they come up from your childhood and you don't even know why you say things that way. And and I can definitely be, even though it's a tenant that I have, I can definitely be um, eviscerative with my language. I can be harsh. I can be pointed. I, and I've had to work on it a lot, but I just recognized immediately in Jessica that like, I'm never going to have to worry about how she is talking to a stranger. That is the key for me. Mm. It is so deeply important. And we had a business advisor recently just go, Oh, well, Anyone can, you know, you can just hire a bunch of other bug chicks to like help teach do you what different you do. curriculum. Yeah. Anyone can do, lots of people are good with kids. And I was like, no, that's, yeah. that's not actually what I'm talking about. And that's not actually the only thing we do. Right. And um, yeah, so that, uh, that's why I said yes immediately. And we've been working together ever since. And the bug chicks came out of that. And um, we have had so many people who have impacted us. Mm, we, give a, yeah. we give a talk called Invisible Impact. We just gave it at the keynote at IECC. And it helped us really, it's something that we're really starting to talk about now. Yeah, is that no one ever gets anywhere on their own. There's, there's yeah. always like a cadre of people you know, whether they're helping them directly or indirectly, help them get to that point. Yeah. And, you know, someone gave yeah. you an opportunity. Yeah. And Chris and I, Chris and I are starting, I mean, we, we always have, but now we're starting to sort of like be more um, explicit. Christy's <laughs> favorite word. This is a word we're be, using now. be more explicit in how yeah. those people have impacted you and yeah. in what ways. Um, and, 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 and having our, our mentees and the people that mm-hmm. we, that we teach really think about who is impacting them and who yeah. has been the, the sort of like active mentor and who's been a passive mentor, who's mm-hmm. been, who has been an invisible impact on their life that their life wouldn't be this if they hadn't, if they hadn't yeah. come in contact with this person and how important it is to tell that person, even if you think they know, I think that's what COVID has, COVID mm-hmm. threw the entire world into a moment of tell the people that you love, that you love them and also why you love them. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Be explicit, yeah. be specific. Yeah. And, and so that is something that, um, that we kind of bake into <clears throat> our work. Um, because our work is not just teaching kids about bugs or teaching kids to get over their fear of bugs or making the world a better place for bugs. Our work is how can we grow as human beings and conserve the planet, but also have compassion for ourselves and others and our differences. Right. Yeah. Yeah. There's, yeah, there's a huge, there's a whole thing that you guys are working with. And that's, what's Mm -hmm. really cool is that it's not like, it's not specifically about the bugs and the mm. insects. Like it, the insects and bugs are being used as a tool to yeah. help kind of express this message. Like, okay, like how to be a more holistic person, like how to mm-hmm. 
you know, think about everything, the environment, like ourselves mm-hmm. kind of do inter and interpersonal learning um, with the help of insects. And I think using insects is a, a really good tool. Uh, first of all, they're just everywhere, but like also they're, they're really interesting, you know, like there's so many, even people who like might kind of, start out being like oh like i don't know it's kind of scary or whatever like they they there's also a fascination there you know right and i've seen that like so many times um especially like lately i've kind of been like creeping on some reddit sub forums just kind of like insect related ones mm-hmm. and the amount of times i've seen people be like oh you know like i used to hate insects or i used to be like super afraid or have all these like stigmatisms against these kinds of things but this reddit has made me learn and appreciate so much more so now i'm i'm like if something's in my house i just put it outside instead of killing it or like things like that and it's just yeah people we when we're afraid of something and we don't understand something our our immediate instinct is to be like oh like attack or like oh like right protect ourselves by getting rid of the threat Right, exactly. And then once we figure out, once we learn more about the thing, it's like, oh, you know what? Like, it's not that bad. You know what? Yeah. Actually, yeah. It's- and, I, and I think, too, that, um, you know, some, some people who have those fears can just absorb the education, just like the straight education, and make those connections themselves about yeah. why they're beneficial and why they maybe shouldn't be quite so freaked yeah. out by them. But um, a lot of times we find that, you know, people have an experience that shapes how they, how they feel yes, about them, course, even if, course, you know, yeah. and so, you know, they're like, well, I was stung by 10 bees when I was a kid and I was in the hospital for three days. And so I can't, I can't stand bugs and, or, or like my mom smashes spiders. My mom screams, my mom can't, or, you know, and, and it's not just moms, obviously, yeah, but like, yeah, yeah. you know, but like a, a parent or an authority figure, yeah. Who, who models that behavior of being deathly yeah. afraid of something. And, um, and so, and so I think one of the things that Chris and I, one of the things that we do to sort of like get people into that learning mindset to sort of change their mind and change their perceptions about how these animals actually move through the world is, you know, we hear them out and we don't tell them that, what they feel is wrong. And we don't tell them that, you know, well, you're being ridiculous. Here's why it's, you know, we we're like, okay, you know, experiences shape people and yeah. And we hear what you're saying. Um, but if you work with us, we promise that during this workshop, like nothing's going to bite you. You're not going to be stung. This is a safe place. We we respect your boundaries. And we find that those conversations with students are really effective in getting them to actually move beyond the boundary that they've created for themselves Mm -hmm. and into something that they maybe wouldn't have done without that kind of encouragement. Yeah. And I think it's also big that, I mean, there's also like something to be said about being adults, teaching kids, right? Mm-hmm. Teaching people that are younger than you because it's like, okay, like they they can put their faith, right, in in what you're saying because you have more experience. You're the adult, you're yeah. older. So like if you tell them like you're going to be okay, 
I feel like kids will be like, okay, like this adult person, this grown up person is telling me I'm going to be okay. So I'm probably going to be okay. Yeah. Versus most like, most uh, of the time. Know. Yeah. And, and I, and I, but also we love to use reverse peer teaching. Uh, so we sometimes we'll teach big mixes of ages. Like we we've taught a workshop once where we had like a three-year-old and a 99-year-old, you know, like all the awesome. way, all the way through. <laughs> yeah, all and, the way through. Um and and we love to have a younger student teach an older student. There's oh, something yeah. so mm-hmm. powerful about yes. about like uh, learning from learning from people who are different from you. Yeah. Right. Yeah. I mean, if yeah. you think about just this idea of like younger and older, we think, Oh, older people must know more. Not always <laughs> the case. And so right. and learning the, from a younger yes. person is, it, it can be a really powerful shift for people mm-hmm. when they're learning. Um, oh, I agree with that. 100%. Yeah, for sure. Like something else. Have, yeah. Yeah. Something else, Jessica, you just said, so you're a business guy. I can tell you, you're like, how do I do passive income streams? And how do I do this? And that, right. Like, yes. Like <laughs> yes. we're like vibing hard on that. Yes. So something, something, something that came into my mind when you were talking about, um, uh, that we listen to people and that we're, we're doing this, like, and that you were talking about the Reddit thread, right? Mm-hmm. That, the, that this specific Reddit thread is, is, has helped these people on this Reddit thread. What I'm realizing more and more is that, like, we've been doing the bug chicks for a long time. Hopefully, we're going to do the bug chicks for Evs, right? Mm-hmm. You are doing an insect podcast. We're not in competition with each other. There's room for mm. all of us in all of the different ways. There, there are some girls back in Portland who started the Portland Insectarium right as we were sort of like wrapping up our time in Portland. We're not in competition with them. We don't run an insect museum. They're running an insect museum. It's a totally different thing than what we are doing. There is yep. space for all of us because there are so many different micro worlds where mm-hmm. people yeah. are spending their time. The yes. people who are on that Reddit thread are probably not seeing us teach in, 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 in a museum. The people who are, you know, like maybe those worlds might collide if they really go deep into the entomology stuff. But like, if you are out there and you're listening to this podcast and you're like, oh man, I wanted to do a podcast on insects, but Mitch is doing one. There's room and no yes. one's going to do it the same way. Mm-hmm. Well, that's and, the oh, other thing. Yeah. Everybody has their own spin on it, right? Everybody mm-hmm. has their own personality, which is another thing about like podcasting, right? Like you can have, there are so many true crime podcasts. I mean, true crime is oh just like exploding right yeah. now for some reason. Like it's just crazy. Um, and, and, you know, every single one is different. And I've listened to like so many different paranormal podcasts because that's like my thing. Yes. Yeah. Here we go. <laughs> yeah. Just giving me a thumbs up. Yeah. I love paranormal stuff. I love all that stuff. So I'm listening to we'll all talk the paranormal about that podcasts. <laughs> oh, absolutely. Um, and each one, like, sure, uh, they do have overlapping material, right? Like, uh, most of them are are covering similar cases. And I can't think of any right now because I'm put on the spot and my brain just says, <laughs> oh, you're put on the spot. Time to shut down. Where are the files? Where is everything? <laughs> so, like, um, But the point is, is that they all do it differently, mm-hmm, right? It's right. a different person speaking. It's a different 
uh, it's just a different vibe, a different atmosphere, a different air about it. And everybody and brings something every, new. You can't teach or reach everyone all at once anyway. No. No, you can't. So you can't. there, there, there's a time thing. There's a, there's a space limit. There's a capacity mm-hmm. limit. There's a. Some people, some people probably are like, oh god, the bug chicks are so irritating. But I love these other people who do stuff, and it's like, mm-hmm. fine. I mean, you're dumb, yeah, but like, like whatever. Like, you know, it's fine. <laughs> I mean, fine. Like you suck, but like fine. <laughs> fine. Like, but like, if you want to suck, like that's your individualism. Go for it. You're wrong, but if you're happy you're to live in that space, you're entitled to your opinion. I mean, you're opinion's wrong but you're entitled to your opinion <laughs> yeah. yeah but I, but i just you know for those of you out there who are thinking oh man they're already doing what i want to do there's space for you oh yeah always. and and, and also ask like please reach out to us mm-hmm. because there are pitfalls that we can help you avoid because we've mm. stepped in all of them. So like we can help you. And and this happens a lot, actually. People will reach out to us mm-hmm. and say, hey, I want to kind of do what you do. And we, yeah. we give them that time. We give, we give a lot of uh, people, um, sort of sort of mentoring and advice and and time and like just just helping them kind of sort through where they want to go in entomology or with their studies or whatever um so the next phase for us as the bug chicks is is probably professional mentoring Mm -hmm. Mm. um and we we have been mentoring for years but now it's putting it into a format and also getting someone to pay for it because it is very important to me that there is public access a public access to science yep. and B yeah, public yep. access to help, but we need to be paid because, mm-hmm. yeah. um, because we, oh, we have mortgages, we, that, we have, you we know, have lives that we right. need to pay you know, for. Everybody. Yeah. We got bills. We need to pay. Everybody we has have bills. Things. Yep. And so we should be, we should be paid, um, properly for, for, for our expertise right. and what we do, but I don't want to totally. charge the people a we, kid yeah. who wants to know how do I be an entomologist because we will spend an hour on Zoom yeah. or more or more like, yeah. yeah yeah and we do this over and over and over again so one of the things that we are building right now and I'm a big fan of saying out loud what you are trying to build because you never know who is listening who could that's help true you. yeah um, we are in the process of putting together a mentoring program where it it's it's it, it is this sort of formalized program with Jessica and I from our years and years of doing this um and it's individualized for people and it's also group work and it's i mean it's going to be awesome mm-hmm. and we yeah. need a company who cares about education stem science sel um and, stewardship yep. and moving the next generation into those roles that benefit themselves but also like you know good for society yes and so if you are a company who wants to be funding something with some of your dollars that go towards tax deductible things we have fiscal sponsorship and we Mm -hmm. can make that happen and so i'm just gonna say that out loud and clearly that that is something that we want yeah also, yeah. we're going to do the Sofa Safari. Yeah. The Sofa Safari. That's right. Okay. Yes. So please tell, tell me, tell us as listeners what, what this Sofa Safari is all about. So uh, the Sofa Safari is a video series that Christy and I did a pilot for, like a, 
like a proof of concept for back in 2004 score. Yeah, like a million years ago. <laughs> okay. All but right. not so many millions of years ago that it's irrelevant. Right. Um, so so what important. we did was we took a vintage couch and we drove it around the country and put it into different ecosystems, different natural areas around around America. And the premise was we wanted to inspire people to get off the couch and explore America's backyard wilderness. And so mm. we were going to do an entomology travel show, right? Okay. And, yeah. um, and one of the things we got that, funding, yeah. people Indiegogo'd it. Yeah. Honda, Honda gave, us gave us a, a car. minivan to drive across mm-hmm. the country. It was yeah. awesome. Yeah. Like, and it was, and it was amazing. And we got it, we got it filmed. We got the traveling done. And then mm-hmm. we, you know, like, we didn't get as much funding as we needed to like right. do the whole project. And then there were some things that went down and we had to sort of pivot. And, um, and so we've never really been able to let it go. Cause it's an, un- so it's an unfinished project for yes. us. Right. Yep. And it's also something that we've been dying to do for mm-hmm. years and years. And so um, we want to do Sofa Safari 2.0. And, mm-hmm. um, and this time I think incorporate more conversations with people yes. in, into it, not just us talking about bugs on a couch. Because really the um, magic of what we do is that moment where mm-hmm. it's someone who doesn't like bugs and then we are working with them and you can see the shift happen. Yeah. And that is what we want to capture on camera mm-hmm. with kids, with adults, yep. people all over the, because we were doing it on the surface yeah. far. We just didn't, we just film, didn't it film it. <laughs> because we didn't get like releases. And right. We didn't right. have a right time crew. We had like one dude filming, you know, yep. like mm-hmm. all of it. So, um, and the other thing is, I, another thing that we firmly believe is if you can see it, you can be it yeah. and for years. And still there aren't, there aren't women on TV talking about wildlife so much. They talk about dogs and cats and talk about domestic animals, but yep. there are not that many women talking about wildlife on TV. And the other thing is um, we need lots of different types of people to be represented as scientists. Mm-hmm. Because yeah. for a long time, when we would go into workshops, we would go, we walked into this workshop once and this little boy said, where are the scientists? We were like, bro, where are the scientists? And he was like, <laughs> you can't be a scientist. And I was like, why not? Why not? Yeah. Tell me to my face why I can't be a scientist. <laughs> and, and so now it's shifting, right? But mm-hmm. we want to bring in a lot of our colleagues and friends mm-hmm. who are, who are scientists of color, scientists of different backgrounds, scientists yeah. who have different persuasions, like just all of the different people that we know and love and like bring them in because if you can see it, you can be it. And I, and I want, I want a kid who is watching this show to go, oh, I didn't know that I could be an mm-hmm. ornithologist, a, yes. a, a bug scientist. Yep. I didn't know that people who look like me could do this kind of work. Right. I didn't know. I didn't know that this was mm-hmm. possible. And, yeah. and, you know, we have a responsibility. If, if we get to make this show, we have a responsibility to do that. So it's not going to just be like the Christie and Jess show. It's going to be, if you can see it, you can be it. And we're going to show it to you. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, totally. Yeah. That's awesome. That's the Sofa Safari. That's the dream. That's the dream right now. Sofa Safari. Sofa Safari mentorship program. And of course, getting our different curriculum Mm -hmm. into as many different schools as possible. So that is, that's the future of the bug chicks. 
speaking and writing and all the, you know, all the things, all of the other yeah. stuff too. Oh, God, all so the much. other stuff. Yeah. So yeah, I mean, there's, there's a lot. Um, cause I also know, right. Like you have the workshops, so you've been doing the workshops for a while. Long time, um, yeah. and the mentorship. So what, so what is going to separate this like mentorship program that you're working on from the workshops that you've already been doing? Mm. Oh, that's a great question. Yeah, that is a great question. And actually, I'm so thrilled that this is being recorded because uh, at the end of this, could we have the tape of this? Yeah, yeah, definitely. You're a delightful human being. And so that way we can, because we we, we're not writing any of we're these. We're not taking notes. And, um, <laughs> no. sometimes, sometimes when we pontificate, a gem comes out and we're like, what did I just say? And then we yeah, like, no, I'm totally, yep, I'm there. Um, yep. So so the mentorship program is it, it most likely for middle school through undergraduate students. Mm-hmm. So that's one thing. Our workshops are an hour long structure where we go in and, and it starts by talking about bugs. And then we talk about arthropods because we always th- use the correct term. Yep. We use the term mm-hmm. bug for bug chicks because that's the word that everybody knows. Mm-hmm. And then we teach yes. them arthropod, kind of meet people yep. where they are. And then you raise the bar. That's, that's yep. sort of a philosophy of ours. And, and then we bring around our live animals and we're holding and petting and touching. It's very interactive. We scaffold with people. So if they're mm-hmm. afraid, we work with them to move forward. Mm-hmm. It's a very, it's a very personalized, like physical experience with these animals. Right. Yeah. yeah and it's educational, totally. lots yeah. of biology, lots of things like that. And it works virtually as well. It works mm-hmm. in, in all the ways. That's our sort of incredible arthropods workshop, Right. Yes. And we do some assembly programs where we make insect symphonies. You mm-hmm. would love it. Oh, we yeah. Give, we give noisemakers mm. to 200, like, second graders. And the teachers are, like, looking at us like, please. Yeah, yeah, yeah. What yeah. are you doing? And we're <laughs> like, please trust us, please. And we play footage that we recorded in the Amazon rainforest of the incredible sounds at night. And then um, we we give the noisemakers to the kids and they're mated pairs, right? So you're like trying to call Uh, to each other and we conduct these kids and we're like, I want to hear the grasshoppers. And and it's like maracas and squeakers and and, you know, all these different things. And it sounds like chaos. And when you play it next to the actual Amazon rainforest sounds, shockingly similar. And all the kids are like, I mean, it is beautiful. And all the teachers are like, the, the teachers yeah, are blown yeah, away. Exactly. You're blowing they, everybody's yeah, minds. They yeah. thought it was chaos with these noisemakers, but like it, and part of that is really being really good with a huge crowd mm-hmm. and, mm-hmm. and gaining their trust in the beginning, because you do this in the end. It's like this grand yeah. finale. You build up this trust to the end because we're trusting them not to just be shaking things all over the place. Right. Right. And then, so those are <laughs> sort of like school based workshops. Mm-hmm. mentorship is something totally different. So we are working with our mentee right now. His name is Izzy. He just started college two weeks mm-hmm. ago. So we've been with him through the last part of his high school and into college. That's a huge transitionary uh, period. Yeah, 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 totally. Izzy loves bugs. Izzy loves marine science. Izzy also loves writing and he writes TV show treatments for the show that he's been working mm-hmm. on since he was like 14. And so part of what we do with Izzy is, is, you know, for us, it's not, it's not important if you grow up to be an entomologist. 
It's important if, if our work helps you identify and recognize your strengths, your weaknesses, where some of your barriers are, Mm -hmm. what you want to do, what you're already doing. It's, it's, it's using this interest. And a lot of the kids who write to us are interested in bugs. But again, it's, it's a lot of our work where we're blending in this growth mindset, social Mm -hmm. emotional, but it's very personalized each student. We have mentored students who are going through, um, we do a lot of work with the Cincinnati Nature Center and they were doing a conservation, youth conservation summit. So it's a group of like 10 teenagers who are from, putting together. From like 13, 13 years old to 18 years old. And they're tasked with putting together a conservation summit where other youth are coming in and giving talks about mm-hmm. conservation. And other scientists from around the world. It's a bit, it's like putting on a conference. Yeah. Yeah. And so we yeah. were mentoring that group of teens mm-hmm. to get them through to 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 a a product or to this event, but Mm -hmm. also in the meantime, our job is, Hey, I'm seeing that you are really shining in this aspect. Mm -hmm. I'm going to call it out specifically. Hey, you're, Mm. this is something that we're struggling with. Hey group, this is what we we're seeing. And so that's the kind of mentorship Mm -hmm. that we do. And that's what we'll do in this mentorship program. Okay, cool. So it's very much like a, a working, like, you know, one-on-one with, these people and, yeah. and usually like an, an older crowd and kind of mm-hmm. really just being there <laughs> to support them, kind of show them yeah. what mm-hmm. to do in these different scenarios. And also show them almost like, I think a good mentor is not showing you what to do or telling you what to do. Uh, a good mentor is shining a light on what a student already has and where they're, yes. you know, it, it's a mirror. It's a mirroring yes. process. Yeah. And, um, and that's why I say like, it's not about like, we're going to mentor you to be an entomologist. Right. It's, it's about a, a, a guidance process. Yeah. And, um, and sometimes yeah. helping to make connections between uh, things that students right. are interested in. Yeah. yeah you know, what they want to do, like how you've got your music and you've got your bugs and you're like podcast and you're blending you know? it. You're blending and so, it. and so a, a lot of times that uh, there's a real binary sense of decision-making mm-hmm. that, that students have when they're, when they're trying to figure out what they want to do. They're like, well, I either have to do this or I have to do that, but I really like this, but I can't do this right. because, and so, yes. yep. you know, being able to sort of integrate integrate the things they want to do successfully and like navigate college and advisors and stuff. Yeah, like that. absolutely. And I really like um, how you brought up finding the strength, shining a light mm-hmm. on the strengths of an individual, like pointing out, Hey, this is something that you really excel at. Maybe mm-hmm. we can bridge this into what it is that you're trying to do. Right. Because like we all have strengths and weaknesses and we don't have to like we're not trying to shove a triangle into a square peg you know what i mean like something like that it's it's like hey you know like you have this this is really working for you let's find a way to to turn this into what it is that you like use this to facilitate what it is that you're trying to do Uh, yeah yeah exactly mm -hmm. and 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 there's something and for me, I wish everyone 
could have access to that. Yeah. Everyone deserves. Well, everyone yeah. mentor. Everyone, everyone should, should have it. And so for me, it's super, super important that like it shouldn't just be the kids who can pay for it. Yeah, it should no, be totally. everybody. It should be everybody. Absolutely. And um, and you know, we might not be the right mentors for some kids. We might right. not be the right, we're we're yeah. maybe not in the right zone or the same, you know, like I don't, you know, so so like. Yeah, this is this is this is something that has become in the beginning of this year, I was frustrated. We we've had a rough year, I'm not gonna lie. <laughs> First half of this year, I was like, are we gonna be the bug chicks anymore? And now oh it's okay. It's okay to go through the dip because oh, yeah, then, totally. then you know where the high places are. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. And right now we are really, I mean, we are cooking right now because mm-hmm. it's like good. Yeah. We got a little knocked down. I cared too much what somebody else said to us and it destroyed me a little bit. And then Mm -hmm. we were working on some things and not getting paid and like all these different things. And now at the end of 2022, I think we're probably in a better place than if we had started in a good place. And now I feel like things are getting very clear and I'm super excited about what's happening next for us. At the beginning of this year, I went, God, I just... If I could spend half my time mentoring and getting yeah. paid for it, that yeah. my lo- I would love my life. Yeah. And now all of a sudden it's like, oh, it, like I was really clear about what, mm-hmm. and Jessica was like, yeah, I agree. Like I want to do that too. Like we love mentoring. Mm-hmm. And now it's like, well, we are the designers of our business. We are the creators of whatever we're doing. Yes. Yeah. So totally. why don't we design it? Why can't we just do it? Yeah. Why exactly. don't we just make it? And we're yep. going to need help. Of course, we're going to mm-hmm. need support. We're going to need totally. scaffolding and we're going to need some processes, which we're not great at. I'm not going to lie. And we're going to need funding <laughs> and we're going to need funding. And so, uh, yes. Yep. And so, and that's fine. Like I don't, I'm not, I'm not, I'm never daunted by needing funding. Like funding's out there. Like, I'm not daunted by that. I think if we get really clear and we get really uh, laser beamy in our intentions and mm-hmm. we we say out loud what we want, what we need and why, it it will come together. And, yeah. and you were talking earlier about like, man, I've been doing this for years and it's not coming together and, da, 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 and like other people are blowing up, blah, blah, blah. First of all, you don't know how long they've been doing it. Second of all, I'm writing a book. <laughs> I'm trying to write this. I'm right. Ri- I'm not trying. You're not I'm trying. Writing you a are. Book. You're doing. Yeah. You're in the doing. And one of one of the sort of core chapters of this and the core idea is that there are some dreams that are fruit flies. You're a bug. You're a bug guy. There are some mm-hmm. dreams, dreams that are fruit flies, and there are some dreams that are 17 year cicadas. And yeah. the fruit fly dreams are not less than the cicada dreams it's just that sometimes you can like go oh i want to do something and then like in no time it comes together and you're like am i magic like am i magic? Yes. like what's happening yeah and then there are some dreams like the 17 year cicada dreams where you start it and you see some things and then you're like where where did it go where is it what's happening yes. and you just don't yep. know that it's underground and it's not buried it's not dead it's underground and it's growing and it's feeding and it's getting stronger and then when that dream comes to fruition when it comes out it is going to come out by the billions and it is going to be screaming in the trees and it is going to be undeniable and so yeah, like totally that is that is where this faith and grit and resilience and keeping going that 
is where it comes to. It's not yeah. magic that it comes out. It's not yeah. because you're so awesome that it comes out and is screaming. It's because you stayed with it. Yeah. And I'm sorry, I just got like very. I'm like, I know, I'm like pushing I'm, Jessica out of the I'm, chair. I'm, <laughs> I'm, no, no, no. I'm just like, yeah, I'm starry eyed over here. Obviously, I feel strongly. About it. Um, <laughs> yeah, but, yeah, yeah, totally. But this is, you know, you are in the middle. What you're building right now is a cicada dream, Mitch. Your yeah. podcast is not going to blow up overnight. Maybe it will. And if it does, amazing. And then the trick is, how do you keep it? How do you awake? keep it? How do you keep yeah, it? Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So there's there's balance yep. to both, right? Like, so so if you stick with it and you have a real clear, how many episodes have you done? I think I only have maybe like eight or nine episodes total right now. Okay. Um, and are they up? They are, yes. Okay. Yeah. And how long are your episodes usually? So they're usually very short, actually. Uh, <laughs> As we're in we're, hour, we're literally in hour three. Yeah, yeah, yes. So this is so this is different um, from what I would normally do. Um, God, of course, totally makes sense. Sorry, Mitch. Sorry, Mitch. No, no, no. It, it's t- totally fine. I'm sure. I love you your have, cover art, by the I'm way. I'm sure that you have oh, questions. Thanks. Yeah. God, they're cute. Um, I'm sure that you had questions for us, and then we just, the three of us were just like, oh, let's be best friends and talk like we haven't seen each other in years. Um, <laughs> which is kind of what happened. I hope I hope that we've been answering our questions. Oh, shoot, they're like 10 minutes. Bro. Okay. So are you <laughs> just going to be like so over two with the bug chicks? Just like every episode will be in one other talk no, with the no, bug no. chicks. One, one episode still... will be like a question that we just go on and on and on about. <laughs> No, no, no. Um, so basically, yeah, I mean, like, it, usually what I do um, is I focus on a specific insect or maybe like a group of in- like a family or something like that. And I just kind of go over um, a lot of interesting facts, right? Things that I find interesting, even coming from like an entomology background, as well as things that like new people would find interesting, like things that cover all the ground. I, I, like I said earlier, the podcast is for people from all backgrounds. Um, and so, but this is different. This episode is different um, because this is an interview, right? This is like mm. this is a whole so, okay. separate format. Gotcha. So, yeah, this is the first actual interview that I've done for this podcast. Yeah. Um yeah. so it's breaking the mold. Um which is which is great. Uh so like down the line um I plan to kind of do like more interviews of course naturally things like that. But so this is more of like a free flowing episode. And so this can awesome. be as long as it needs to be. Uh the time limit does not matter. Okay. I've been keeping my content around the 10 minute mark or less typically um but that's just because that was all the information that I wanted to talk about and right. for mm-hmm. that specific thing. You know, exactly. and I don't yeah. I'm not going to go over like I don't want to 
for people, right? I'm going to go for as long as it takes for me to say and cover all the points that I want to cover and, and keep the flow going and keep it interesting for people. Um, because if you take 10 minutes of information and right, you try to stretch it into 40 minutes, you're going to have a terrible podcast. Like, it's right, just right. like, totally. like that kind of thing. Jess um, and I did a podcast for Texas A&M years and years ago. Um, a couple and it, seasons and we did a couple seasons. It was, it was pretty popular. Um, and it was called bug bites with a Y mm. and it was, they were like literally three to four minutes, but they were highly crafted, mm. highly, um, they were produced. They were really, it wasn't, it was like a really scripted, highly crafted mm -hmm. produced uh, item. And actually they did really well. We should yeah. probably think Re about highly yeah. crafted because we're not, obviously you can tell that we're extemporaneous. Um, but, but yeah, I, I like that. I think so many podcasts right now are so long, like, there are so many really long podcasts that I actually love a short, short for format for like for your regular insects for dummies. Mm -hmm. I think that's actually a smart move. It sets you apart from a lot of different things. So what I um, what I like about it and what I think people have been liking about it, because it has been what's what's really nice um, and kind of gratifying for me is that this podcast has actually been like naturally building momentum. Mm. Um and it's been charting decently well um okay. as well and it's Good. been it's it's been doing a lot of the legwork on its own like for my music awesome. stuff i've had to pump tons of money into mm. like advertising myself and building my audience i mean like on spotify i have like what like 17,000 followers or something and mm -hmm. then like oh, like i don't know like 10,000 600 monthly listeners like something like that are um, you on apple music at all yes i'm how i'm on all the platforms we, how, how can, can we I, find you can you explain your music to me because we're always looking for good music for our videos you and will things love lo-fi i think i love lo-fi already i actually but downloaded I actually a lo-fi album I'm, I'm not as musically i don't know all the jargon that jessica does okay can you tell me that's not true Use very specific <laughs> words. Um, Can you tell me what it's like? Okay. Uh, so my music specifically is a mix. Uh, so lo-fi, what lo-fi is essentially is it's very kind of like um, relaxing, down-tempo, chill out music it's usually got like a nice beat to it now there's a variety of different kinds of lo-fi there's like sure. hip-hop um mm -hmm. there's like uh, and so i don't do a lot of hip-hop lo-fi for me i'm also a singer um yeah and that's actually why most people have said like you can do this because when they hear me perform, they're like, why aren't you doing this already? Well, um, now we expect a concert at the end of this conversation. <laughs> and no even, pressure. <laughs> even in my grad program, like I would do some concerts and stuff and they're like, bro, why are you here? And I'm like, bro, like I wouldn't be here if it were that easy. <laughs> like, yeah, it's, it's harder like, than everyone thinks. It's yeah. like when my dad is like, you know, you could just, uh, you could like, 
there's a lot of people making a lot of money on YouTube and you could just like <laughs> drive around in a van on YouTube yeah, and like yeah. live in a van. And I'm like, yeah, I could do that, Dan. Thank you. It's yeah, a great it's, idea. It's, Thank you. Yeah, it's so much harder. <laughs> Nobody understands that. It's like you have to – it takes a certain amount of luck. Like it takes – I don't know. You just have to have all the right pieces come together at the right time, I feel like, yeah, to mm -hmm. really break it in the music industry and that kind of thing. Um, so for my music, it's a lot of kind of like uh, bedroom pop as well. I don't know if you're familiar. I don't know with what like that means. That. So, uh, so basically, uh, bedroom pop is like pop music that was produced, mixed, mastered. Everything is done in the bedroom, right? Or like your home studio. So everything oh. I do. <laughs> there we go. Yes. I was like, yes. I was like, we are going on a tangent. <laughs> no, no, no. Like literally made. Like everything is produced and written and recorded. Like most people. Uh, most like her space pop. holiday. Yeah, like her space holiday. Okay. In it's, his mom's basement. In his mom's yeah, basement. exactly. So it's artists that do everything by themselves in their bedroom usually, or like in a home studio. Like I do everything in my tatami room now. Like. In Japan, oh I have a tatami have room. A tatami I was wondering I if that was room, where yes. you were right now. Yes, Must I'm be. in the tatami room right now. <laughs> That's fabulous. What is your apartment um, like? Uh, it's like, so apartments in Japan are kind of compact. A lot of things in mm -hmm. Japan are like more compact. So essentially what I have is, I think it's called a 2DK. It's like two bedrooms, kitchen. Um, or like two rooms, a kitchen, and then in Japan, like they don't really have like a a bathroom. There's like one room where the toilet is, right, and then you have like a room where your shower is. Sure. So you have like a shower stall, and then you have like a toilet, and they keep them separate, which is really I like cool. that. Yeah, it's it's nice. Um, so basically, yeah, my my apartment, um. I have a tatami room and then I have my bedroom and then right next to my bedroom is my kitchen. And then there's one extra room. That's kind of like the walk-in room. Okay. It's like where you like take your shoes off and in that mm. walk-in room, that's where my shower is. That's where my washer machine is. I have like a sink in there. Um, it's just kind of like an open space. Yeah. And it's all very, it's all very compact. But I do all of my music stuff in the tatami room. So mm -hmm. I have like my monitors, my professional mixing monitors. Um, I have everything that I need right here. And so I produce beats, but like um, they're like lo-fi style. And then I add a lot of guitar because I'm a guitar player. Uh, and I sing and I write stuff over it. And everything is really kind of layered. I also have an ukulele, so I put that in there sometimes. Nice. Um, yeah, and it's really kind of like easy listening music. Um, I love that. Yeah, it, it's super chill. Um, and a lot of people have who have found me and discovered me have been like, hey, like your music is like, really helps me with like my anxiety or like, you know, it, it helps me with my depression mm -hmm. or like things like that. Like it's, it's that kind of music. I'm going to ask um, you a super irritating dad question. Here we go. Um, do you put your music on YouTube? 
It is on YouTube. I love that. Was a dad question? It's a dad. It's like my dad dad question. Well, here's here's why I ask because I when I'm writing or when I'm working or when I'm editing video, when I'm editing video, I can't I can't listen to things with words in it because often the video that I'm editing has words in it, and I can't I can't do that. Yes. Um, and so I listen to these like rainy coffee shop nighttime four hour. Ah, those things on I know what you're talking about yes and some of them are quite good and some of them are super irritating Mm. and I was just wondering (laughs) well okay yes so yeah uh, all of my music is on YouTube but all of 90% of my music I would say does have lyrics and singing in it okay interesting Um, so I'm kind of taking the approach of like lo-fi undertones, Mm. but like singer songwriter on top. Okay. Love that. So Uh, how are you listed? Do you have like an artist name or are you in under your like name name? Just my name name. Um, so what is your name name? It is, (laughs) (laughs) it is Mitchell Logan. So Ooh. yeah, but it so it's M I T C H E L one L, not two. Mm, um and then Logan. Okay. And that's what I have all of my music under. Well, we're gonna listen to this because so when we do the sofa safari, we want to promote cool music. We want to promote Sweet. like I have a former student who's a country western kind of star. Mm-hmm. I you know, like I just I'm it, it's all about who who can we integrate yeah. and and lift up and talk about. Um so we're gonna listen to your mm-hmm. music. Also, who is Pinguino? <laughs> oh, Pinguino. So he was one guy that I did like a collaboration with a long time ago. Um, I you were once good friends. No, but now mortal enemies. <laughs> no, no, no. It was just a random thing where this one like kid producer from Canada was like, "Hey, like I really like your voice. Um, I'm producing this thing. Like, do you want to do a collab?" And at that point in time, I was just kind of collaborating with everyone and anyone just to kind of like get my name out there. And I was mm-hmm. like, "Sure, let's do this thing." Um, so we kind of made this song and the song with him is definitely not my usual. Okay. Um, it's, it's pretty different from everything else that I had been doing at that point in time. Nowadays, I make a lot of music with one of my besties from Hawaii. Um, and his artist name is Boon Boon. (laughs) Like B U N B U N. Yeah. Um, and so I have a lot of songs that I've like co produced and written with him, um, which are all like more kind of dreamy and airy pop kind of things. Nice. Um, yeah. yeah. So I have a lot of different, a lot of different stuff. Uh, Apple Music is difficult, I think, because Apple, uh, because. Apple, I'm not sure. I don't even know what's considered popular under Apple because I've just been using Spotify forever. Mm, Um, And like I just get the Spotify analytics and all of that kind of stuff. So I personally don't even know. I can check actually. Uh, 
to well, see we're excited. We're excited to listen to it. Yeah, some of it is. Um, yeah, I mean, you'll 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 hear, you'll figure it out. <laughs> it's like. <laughs> uh, so, do you guys know Studio Ghibli by any chance? Oh yes. Okay. Peter good. listens to mm-hmm. them. Yeah. So Studio Ghibli, I love them. Um, they have gorgeous music. Um, they also, I the movies, of course, Hayao Miyazaki, fantastic, like Totoro, Spirited Away, yes. all those mm-hmm. kinds of movies. Um, I have one song. I'll be there. So I'll be there is kind of like a so i took a theme from kiki's delivery service mm-hmm. and it's like a piano so it's the piano version of it and i took the piano version and i flipped it i turned it into a beat and then i wrote lyrics over it and i kind of made this like pretty love song out of it um and uh it's kind of like so in the movie Kiki's Delivery Service, there's a boy named Tombo, and he's like in love with Kiki, who is the witch. And it's kind of like this sort of love story. And in some ways, the song could be considered like Tombo's, Tombo's song. Um, but actually, the song was inspired from just one walk. I had one walk in undergrad where I was like kind of walking this like girl back to her dorm and I was holding an umbrella for her because she didn't have anything and I was kind of like helping her out. And the whole song is just kind of built around this one frozen segment in time. And like I had nothing with this girl at all whatsoever, but it's just kind of like I took that picture. Mm-hmm. And I kind of turned that into a love song, and and that's what that is. So that's kind of like an example of one of songs that I think is up right. there in popularity. I love that. Um, I super yeah. love that. Well, I I love that. Did we did we did we did we answer what you needed us to to answer? Did we do we did we do what we I, needed to do? I had Was this what you wanted? <laughs> I had no set requirements for what this was supposed to be or what it was going to be. Um, I did have an outline. I had like a two page outline of like things that I was going to cover and things that I would want to like hit upon. But for the most part, I like everything that happened so far is perfect. Um, awesome. Good. Yeah, it's totally like I, the only reason I had that layout and stuff just because just in case like we needed content to talk like about, just yeah, in case exactly. we were total duds and just and prompts, you, you know, <laughs> <laughs> but no, so this was literally like right out of the gates. It was just like vibing. Yeah. And, that's perfect. Like that's because I didn't even really need to look at any of the prompts that I had and of the prompts that I did. Like I literally, what I was going to do is I was going to just introduce you guys, which we did get to. Sure. <laughs> eventually. <laughs> eventually. Eventually. Two hours in. Um, and, and then just, just talk, just talk about like your story and just hear more about the bug chick. So for the people that I currently have as an audience, um, and for all the new listeners, um, that I'm anticipating for this podcast, they will get to learn more about you guys. Um, 
And they'll get to yeah. learn more about you too, yeah. because you I are think, super interesting. I think that's important. Oh, I think that's really exciting. I'm I'm excited to see. I'm excited. First of all, I'm, I'm going to subscribe. I like you a lot. We're going <laughs> to subscribe awesome. to all your music. And um, I'm excited to see where this goes for you. This is this yeah. is neat. And um, I'm always scheming of how to get how to get to places where we've never been. Yeah. Um, yeah, right. And now that I know that you have a tatami room that is probably big enough for Jessica and I to put sleeping yeah. pads on. Oh, maybe it maybe, is. We, yeah, maybe can we come hang out if we can make it we, to Japan? If we can make it to oh, Japan, definitely. we would love to hang out with you. How long are you planning to be in Japan? So that is a great question. Um, my contract with the school that I'm currently working with is three years. Um, I am... I just, oh man, am I halfway through year two right now? <gasps> wow. Um, it's coming up on you. Something like that. But the intention is to find another job here afterwards. Yeah. Okay. Um, not necessarily in the prefecture that I'm currently in. In fact, where, I think where it's, are you currently? I don't think you've ever said. Yeah, I am in the boons of Japan. So I'm from I, West Virginia, so I'm like, boons? Boons? <laughs> Tell me no, more. Uh, what kind of boons? Yeah, no, this is, I am in Tatori. Um, okay. And Tatori is actually the sister state to Vermont. <gasps> That's yeah. kismet. Are you, are you doing anything with that? So I was um, a little bit at first, but my the school that I have been stationed at, uh, they, uh, it's, I can't really do a whole lot with them because they they don't actually really need English at the school that I'm teaching. I, I'm just kind of there as a mandatory thing. From the okay. Japanese government, like I'm not standardized, even talking about whatever. The English teaching. I'm talking about you're a Vermont. You're a Vermonter. Correct. My sorry, my brain, <laughs> my brain is already is like is like making connections. I'm like, how do we get you to stay in Japan? How do we do a like yeah, like yeah, a yeah. Vermont Totoro ambassadorship kind of like thing? I'm just, my brain's just, so that was a, my, that was a super wary, yes, <laughs> Vermont. So my uh, Japanese teacher, I had a Japanese teacher in high school. Um, she is actually a liaison between Tatori and Vermont. And are you utilizing that connection at all? So I was a little bit, but not so much because I think a lot of her connects are kind of spread out. Um, and I, and because Tatori is very kind of boony, like you go from one town, then you have to drive like an hour or whatever to get to like the next spot that actually has people or mm -hmm. <laughs> like, you know, things like yeah. that. Um, but she did email me and she wants me to do something um this winter and i've also had the um oh man it's not the board of education it's um a separate kind of basically i have had tutori like government people be like hey like we want to work with you because you're like an actual vermonter and we don't really get actual vermonters here 
Uh, That's awesome. This is a huge connection for you. I don't know where it's going to go, but if you were my mentee, I would be like, you never know where that's going to go. And also what an incredible, people don't get that opportunity. Right. It's true. At all. It's Mm -hmm. such a special thing. Just yep. imagine adding that to your it's to your so, CV, right? Just being so like the liaison special. between Vermont. It's such and a special Tory. thing, and there's got to yeah. be something yeah. about bugs that you can connect to that because you're in the quote unquote boons. But all I yeah. hear is bugs. You say no, boons, and yeah. I hear bugs. Yeah, so true. there has Absolutely. got to be something there, like like and a side by side would in, be cool. It ties into your podcast. Bring mm-hmm. in someone from Japan into your pod. I mean, I'm thrilled for you this is very exciting (laughs) thank you yeah i'm gonna try to work um i'm gonna try to connect with um these people and try to work with them more closely i haven't really had the opportunity yet um it's one of those things where they have reached out and i have kind of been like yeah i'm interested and after that um no actual appointments or like nothing was actually you know made yeah, mm-hmm. we haven't had the opportunity to like actually meet up but the opportunity is there and it's coming again um i believe this winter and i'm going to jump on it um awesome so so exciting. when that happens i will be able to actually finally start kind of like working and getting into that kind of stuff hopefully because that's um, your way to that's you've got an avenue that other people don't have right and that's incredible Mm -hmm. like that's a really special exciting thing oh my gosh i can't wait to hear more about it when when this happens and i'm gonna put this out there if you wanted to brainstorm on what that could look like or what it could if you just needed to bounce ideas off someone if you were like mm. is this crazy first of all the answer is no it's not crazy nothing's great right you can do nothing's anything great. nothing's crazy so, like, yeah. it's totally Next. doable so if you ever wanted to bounce ideas i'm sure that jessica and i like were yeah absolutely no i would love to continue right yes um continue like collaborating and working together in any way possible i think well, we're friends now sweet. it's been yeah. three hours well so. now, yeah it's been three hours <laughs> the, the pact has been made like, <laughs> yeah just... sign seal and blood <laughs> yeah <laughs> exactly yeah, yeah that, or just should i say hemolymph <laughs> oh hemolymph yeah <laughs> yeah totally um fantastic awesome oh. Well, this is great. Yeah. I need to take my dog outside because he's Absolutely. losing his mind. Oh, uh, yeah. I, yeah, I did pick and that also, up. And also, it's getting pretty late for you. Oh, yeah. We're, we're, approaching, not, but... we're approaching 1 a.m., but that's fine. Oh. Like... <laughs> Thanks for listening to this week's episode of Insects for Dummies. Today's special guests were the Bug Chicks. You can find them easily if you just give the Bug Chicks a Google. And be sure to hit them up if you want to take part in any of their programs. As always, if you enjoy the show, please make sure to rate it and leave a review. It really helps the show get noticed by more people. If you would like to send a listener submission to request asking about an insect that I haven't covered yet, you can do so at insectsfordummies at gmail.com. There's also an IG page at insects number four dummies. 
I'll see you next week when we talk about another fall time insect.